Hello, everybody, and welcome to Craven Iron Podcast. This is episode 13. This is actually our first live episode. Uh, today, I'm here with the Action Sleds, Dean Perone. How's it going, Dean? Good. How you doing, man? Not too bad, brother. Not too bad. So, uh, I'm your host, Stephen Fiora. This podcast is for all of us that have a good story to put out there, and uh, hopefully people that listen to this podcast, that will help <clears throat> them better their lives and motivate them to do better. So, uh, Dean... Uh, what's your story, man? What's, uh, where have you been? Where'd you grow up? Um, yeah, so I grew up, I mean, I live in Florida now. People that follow me, uh, most of them know that. So in Florida now, city called Apopka, uh, basically I just tell people Orlando because I'm five minutes from Orlando, basically where I'm at. Actually, I can drive 15 minutes in like 10 different directions and kind of be in 10 different cities, so-called. So that's where I live now. Um, born and raised, I uh, grew up in Michigan, actually. Uh, Livonia, Michigan, which is right near Detroit. And uh, lived there. Um, probably my, my parents got divorced, I think, around when I was about 12 or so, something like that. And then ended up moving to Florida uh, with my mom and then uh, stepdad at, at the time. Um, probably like four, 13 or 14. I was in ninth grade, basically. I'm sorry. I went to ninth grade while I was still in Michigan, and I moved to you know for tenth tenth grade on. So uh, and I lived over um, in Spring Hill, Florida. It's called. Um, went to high school there, and then uh, after high school, uh, ended up moving to Orlando with a bunch of people. A lot of a lot of people from my high school actually originally moved over to uh, Orlando, and uh, a lot of them partied way too hard and <laughs> and uh ended up majority of them moved back home but uh, uh <clears throat> that's it here pretty much ever since i was there's actually me so probably only me and a couple maybe one or two other people that moved from our high school that town over to orlando area uh, that are still here uh, everybody else has left okay so you moved here with your mother right yeah, so I moved to Florida with my mom and uh, stepdad, and then um, I have a, my, my dad and uh, stepmom. They live in Michigan still, and I have an older brother and an older sister. They both live in Michigan as well. Oh, so they uh, they stayed in Michigan? They they did, yeah. Hmm. All right, so uh, where did you come to be the guy you are today? I mean, were you raised a certain way? Because, uh, I mean, you're one of the – hardworking motherfuckers that we stress so much about in the demo crew, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, um, well, work wise, um, I guess we'll get into more like the fitness stuff and what we're doing now in a little bit, but, uh, you know, went to high school, moved over here. I did, uh, like the whole community college thing. I went, well, my plan was to go to, you know, community college two years, get like my AA then go to a university or whatever. And uh, I just never did. I, I did, you know, went to community college and stuff. And then same thing, I just started hanging out with, I hung out with tons of people. Uh, you know, the big university here is obviously UCF, uh, Central Florida here. Uh, so I was friends with a lot of those people, a lot of like frat guys and stuff like that. And, uh, but I, <clears throat> I ended up just working. I was more of a, a working type guy. I wasn't like a great student. <laughs> Not that I got terrible grades or anything. I just, it wasn't me. It was like, I, I kind of wanted to work and uh, earn money, uh, which obviously that's what you're going to school for. But I, I wanted it now. And um, 
at one point, uh, I had thoughts of being going uh, and being an EMT, EMT, and then I was going to try to be a fireman, stuff like that. Uh, I did that that whole thing, and uh, started kind of getting experience doing that part of the school. I was just, I think, I was done with the schooling and started doing ride-alongs uh, with some EMT. And that's when I realized it wasn't really for me. Um, I just uh, that's a lengthy process too, in its own. <laughs> yeah, it, the and for me it was just uh, it was something. Well, I worked in the hospital. I'll back up a little bit. Just um, I had worked in the hospital, kind of right after high school, and uh, in like patient transportation for the whole radiology department. And uh, so I, I've been around a lot of the medical stuff, and that's kind of what made me want to do it. But I just. Uh, when I thought of putting people's lives and, and the, uh, the, the pressure and like the nerves kind of, I was like, no, I, I just don't think it was for me. So anyways, I, I ended up uh, getting a job as a bouncer downtown at one of the biggest nightclubs that was here at the time still is pretty much, but uh, worked there for a while. as just like a normal, you know, door guy bouncer and then uh, got promoted up and I was head, head door guy or whatever head bouncer. Uh, of a place that actually had three different nightclubs, three different floors. They're technically like three different bars or clubs, whatever you want to call them, for a while. Uh, I don't remember how many years, four or five years. And that um, living that lifestyle, that, that's kind of when I started working out a lot again. Um, you know, I worked out through high, in high school like a lot of people do. And then uh, like a lot of people probably listening, um, kind of went, you know, ins and outs of working out. I'd, I'd work out for a couple of years and I'd take a year or two off completely, turn into a slob and I'd try to get back into it. But when I was bouncing downtown, um, that was like the lifestyle. You know, I, I'm, you get off work, you know, bars close at two, you're there till like three, then you might go to somebody's house that, you know, works with you and you, you guys are partying, drinking, whatever. Sleep half the day, I'd wake up, eat, go to the gym, come home, you shower, all that. And it's like, you go back to work again. It's like, after a few years of doing that, I was like, you know, like, what the hell am I doing? I can't, you know, it's fun at the time because I was younger, obviously. Um, but I was like, I'm obviously this isn't a career path for me. <clears throat> so um, I don't know what led me to, I ended up getting that atmosphere to like a corporate setting where I was a recruiter, like a staffing recruiter for a pretty large company. It was actually Aerotech, which was owned by Steve Bashotti, who owned, uh, you know, the Baltimore Ravens or whatever, oh, yeah. and, uh, his company. And um, I got a job doing that, which was totally different. Uh, I remember when I got the interview, the, the guy called me to, you know, invite me in for the interview. And I, at the time, I didn't even own a suit. <laughs> like I didn't even own one suit and tie. You know, if I get the job, I wear a suit and tie every day. And uh, so I had to literally tell the guy I couldn't do the interview on whatever day he wanted me to. Like I made up an excuse that I, I had to push it back a day or two because I knew I'm like, shit, I got I to gotta go buy a suit and stuff. <laughs> but uh, I got that job and um, as a recruiter for a staffing company, I did that for a while. I uh, did pretty well at that, and I got promoted to a to a sales guy there, a salesman. And those are like uh, not short term jobs; those are career based jobs, right? Like, yeah, this company uh, staffing companies out there that do a lot of temp temp work or whatever. Everything we did was like temp, you know, they call it temp to perm, and we had different divisions. Um, 
you know, I, like I was in a light industrial division. So I dealt with like a lot of warehouse guys, like shipping and receiving, forklift drivers, stuff like that. But we had um, like an engineering division. We had an aviation division. Um, I forgot what, I think there was four different divisions we had. But I mean, all different price ranges. I mean, like in our office, I mean, we dealt with people making eight bucks an hour of up to, you know, $150,000, $200,000 a year people were making. So it was a huge range of people because we had so many different divisions, um, but it was all like temp, temp to uh, perm. So companies would you go through us, we find the candidate, we do the, re, you know, the interviews and all that. And what the way it worked, I think they were still on our books for like 90 days and then the company could take them on. That's how the, they make money, obviously. Um, but but that, that's, I did that for a while. And it was cool at the time because I was making more money than I had ever made, uh, I've accomplished, because I'm, you know, I'm working like a kind of a corporate job, cubicle, suit and tie, a company car, and uh, stuff like that. So everything was going pretty well there. Um, that's actually where I met my wife, uh, Tracy. She came in. I was already there. And she, she came in as a um, recruiter as well after she graduated oh, yeah. from Florida. Yeah, and we... We, I don't remember, uh, I think we were kind of dating as we were both recruiters and then I got promoted to a salesman, but regardless, it was like a corporate setting. So they frowned upon, uh, like, in, you know, in office really more so between like a salesman and a, and a recruiter it was even more like forbidden, but, uh, you know, that, that just couldn't be helped. <laughs> so, um, but, I, but I did that for a while and then, uh, same thing there. I just, I knew really what, what didn't, you know, wasn't, I wanted to make more money. And, um, I ended up, I knew some guys that were doing, uh, mortgages at the time and just making a shitload of money. And, uh, so I got, a, I ended up leaving there and I started, uh, doing mortgages as a server whatever. And, um, same thing though, you know, it was a suit and tie working kind of long hours, cubicle shit, always on the phone. Um, the thing I didn't like about that was it was pretty much, you know, hundred percent commission. And there were some guys in the office, you know, making like 50 grand a month, month after month after month. And I can never get to that level. Um, you know, I'd have a, a month where I'd make 15 grand and then the next month I'd make like three grand. So it was like, you know, one month you're like, Oh shit, this is great. Next month you make nowhere near as much. It was just super inconsistent. And, um, I just, I didn't really like that as, you know, that much either. Um, and, and so at the time, what led me to what I do now, I, I own, for people that don't know, I own a, an appraisal business, residential appraisal business that, that I've owned now for 16 years. And, uh, but what got me into this was while I was doing the mortgages, there was a couple guys that I knew from like my bouncing days. They were, they, in fact, two of the guys were, were bar backs, you know, at the time, uh, they were doing appraisals now. So they would actually come into my, the mortgage company I worked for, you know, here I'm in a suit and tie and all that shit. And they're, they're walking in and they have like a polo shirt on and khaki shorts every day. And uh, that's what, you know, I just start bullshitting with them. But I was like, what the hell are you guys doing? You know, and they're like, Oh, it's great, man. I work from home, um, make my own hours and you know, whatever. And this is what I wear every day. So that to me was like uh, more my style. I'm like, <laughs> everything about it so I uh looked into it or whatever and uh ended up going to do all the appraisal stuff 
And uh, when I started that, I didn't really know much about it at all. Uh, I didn't really know anything about it at all, just besides what they told me. So did all that. And, and uh, a lot of that stuff has changed now, too, as far as like the schooling and requirements and all that stuff. But when I started, it was just like a 40-hour course. You had to pass a, a test. And then uh, you got like your, at the time, it was called registered trainee license uh, once you got that you could do appraisals but you had to work for a supervisor and everybody's goal was to become state certified because once you're state certified you could basically go out on your own start your own business mm-hmm. but at the and, and again this is all changed when i started uh you, you just had to work underneath somebody for like two years it was 24 months uh complete like a certain amount of hours and i think do a certain amount of, of appraisal work and so me being well, you know, like I said, I'm not afraid of working hard or working long hours. I knew I wanted, that was the end goal for me. I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to be a trainee and working for somebody else. I want to be my own boss first and foremost. That was always the number one goal for me. No, so, that's, that's all of our goal. Yeah. So it, it was, so like I knew, um, when I got my trainee license, I started working underneath this other guy who I knew. Who he, he had already been appraising for several years. And uh, like I knew I want to do my two years and, and I'm out. And, and I wanted to start my own company. Um, just for like, you know, what you just said. It's like, and, and I want to make other people money. I want to make me, me money. <laughs> and uh, so literally like two years to the day, like, I mean, when I was ready to go, um, I went back to school. Uh, we had to do like another like 80 hours of courses. And then uh, I was able to sit for, I had to pass the course test. Then you're able to sit for like the state tests. And uh, obviously then you pass the state test and you, you become state certified. And at that point you can go start your own business. But for me, I, I had, I um good relationships. Like even as, as a trainee, I was bringing in like more work than like the, the supervisor guy had, like just because I'm uh, I mean, I don't really know if I consider myself a people's person or whatever. I mean, but I, I I'm good with talking to people and stuff like that and building the relationships. So, um, and, and obviously I was trying to provide a good service for everybody. So I had, I had a lot of work. So the moment I got state certified and started my own business, like all that work came with me. So I never like skipped a beat and, uh, kind of hit the floor running. And, uh, um, that was back in like uh, 2004. So like, I, so I've been self, you know, I, I did two years underneath him. I started like in 2002 and uh, 2004, somewhere around there, I got my, my I started my own company, and um, that's been it ever since. So, doing that, and you know, and it was like I got in at a great time because uh, I got, like I said, I started like 2004, and like 2005, 2006 were kind of like the huge years, especially here in Florida, the big real estate boom. And like at one point, I had um, 10 guys. And uh, I literally like never left my house because uh, they were doing all the work and I was a supervisor signing off on stuff and reviewing stuff and that, <clears throat> but it was great. And then um, I think it was like 2009 ish is kind of when the market down here plummeted and uh, everything took a shit. And um, so a lot of people I know, both appraisers and realtors at the time, you know, bailed uh, on the industry in general. They just, they didn't have business or whatever, or losing money. Um, so they got out of the business and I just stuck around kind of survived for a couple of years with all the foreclosures and stuff like that. But it was definitely a lot slower than it was, you know, my first few years. And, um, 
but again, I, I had some good relationships that I built. So uh, I was busy enough to, to keep, keep hanging on there. And then, and then, you know, everything started coming back and um, it's where, where we are today. So every, everything's been good. Uh, I got one guy that works for me and I've just kept it small, like me and him for the last, uh, I think I hired him about three or four years ago now. And, uh, so in, and uh, doing everything for the company. No, it's just both of you guys. So you're yeah. pretty, you keep pretty busy, make your own schedule and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, and that, that's it. I mean, it's like I work a ton of hours, like <laughs> even though it's my company. And, and I think that that goes with a lot of people uh, in any business. You know, it's like people that own a restaurant work. You know, people think it's great because you're the owner. It's like they probably work way more hours than you probably work. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. a lot of people have that perception like, oh, you're the boss or you own your own company. You don't have to work that hard it's like dude I, I was but at the same time i have the freedom of making my own schedule doing what i want i work from home um like i said I, you know I, I wear a polish you know that's what i do now for the last uh whatever 16 18 years i wear shorts and a, and a polo shirt every day <laughs> uh, especially down here in florida you know it's hot so um but yeah so i'm able to do a lot of stuff uh like we, we talked before you know like being self-employed and making my own schedule with this. I'm able to go to all the kids stuff at school. If I want, you know, whatever, Tracy, you know, one of my kids has something on Wednesday or whatever, like, you know, I just schedule my stuff around it or I take the day off and, and whatever. So it's been, it's been good. Um, can't complain at all. I've been very fortunate with everything. Um, yeah, that's uh that's one thing that uh, that's like a goal of mine is eventually not have to miss any of the kids events or the family events, you know, um, cause I work at a state prison and the hours are ridiculous, a lot of overtime and I got to miss a lot of family time. Like, um, for example, I get off at yeah. 1400 hours, two o'clock. Um, we could have inmates fighting right at the end of my shift. Then I'm stuck there until the paperwork's done, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's been good. Um, for that, especially, I mean, and, you know, I have four kids, so there's always, there's always something going on. No, oh, yeah, with four kids, you got sports, everything. Oh yeah, it's nuts, man. It's been it's been really weird. Um, all four girls play soccer, and they, they have their whole lives. And uh, so you have four soccer, four different teams. Three of the four are travel teams, so there were different. Sometimes we're in four different cities just for practice alone. Jeez. Uh, but we're going different ways. <clears throat> we're, we're lucky because Tracy's parents live right here also, right by us. So a lot of times I'm taking one kid here, she's taking one kid here, and her parents might be taking one or two kids somewhere. Oh, okay. So we're lucky we have them to help out a lot. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. There's always something going on. Then you have school and uh, everything on top. Do they all go to the same school too, or are they different? Oh. Well, no, my, I have uh, one, of, one of my daughters is in ninth grade, so she's at the high school. My, my next daughter is in the middle school, and then my two youngest ones go to the same. So four kids, three different schools also, which, are, which is also crazy because it's all, you know, they're staggered times. So they oh, start, yeah. yeah, they start school at different times, and they get out of school at different times. And then you have your early days. and Yep, yeah. crazy man we're like uh basically <laughs> yeah so you're like the ultimate soccer dad <laughs> yeah yeah i still don't know how, like 
Tracy grew up playing soccer. Um, her dad coached, her dad uh, ref, her, her dad used to ref even like NCAA games, like all division one colleges, everything. So her dad knows, and he still to this day, like reads stuff. He's, he knows every rule possible, um, everything that goes on. And, and she played all through growing up through high school, everything, college, all that. But I still, like, even with four kids playing, I still don't know half the rules sometimes. <laughs> I'm there watching, but I'm still, like, half the time I miss the offsides or I don't know some of the stuff that goes on still. still confusing to me. I, I'm more of a baseball, football, basketball guy, hockey guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Football all the way. Yeah. I couldn't stand – I don't know. I didn't do softball or baseball. Um, always football. Yeah. yeah. It kind of sucks. My kid – he wants to do soccer. I'm like, man, do football. He's like, no, no, I want to do soccer. It's like, man, I just, I just want you to be in, into football. So all that aside, I mean, how did you get into fit or how did you get into bodybuilding? And I know <clears throat> you're an ambassador for several companies. Yeah. So um, like I was saying, um, working out, um, I, I went, in and out of working out a lot. Uh, when I, when I was doing like the staffing company, even man, I, I didn't work out for a couple of years and I got up to like 200, I think, I think my highest was about 240 pounds, but, but like zero muscle. Like, you know, I, mean, I was drenched. I never, ever working out. And then at a certain point I, I thankfully got back into it. Um, but I, I, and I've said this before lots of times too, and some of my stories and stuff like that. I was always the guy again, like a lot of people, um, where I, I work out, but I, my diet, I never had a diet, like a, a good diet is what I mean. You know what I mean? It's like I would work out four or five days a week and, but I'm eating like McDonald's, Taco Bell, Wendy's. I'm eating pizza two, three times a week. Then, you know, the week against coming, I'm just hammering back day. So I, I had a little bit of a build to me, a little bit of muscle or whatever, but you know, I'm, I was kind of like stocky, I guess, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, so a little bit of muscle, but never, ever had abs. You know, I, like I never, I've never seen my abs until probably like six years ago. It's like literally the first time, like even in high school, I wasn't really like a lean guy or anything because I'm, I'm a huge eater as, as most people know. Um, oh yeah. Yep. Big, yeah. I'm a huge, huge, uh, binge eater, snack eater. Um, so, so I've always struggled with that my my whole life. Um, so I, that that was me for the longest time. Literally, is uh, you know I'd work out, but I never had a good diet. My nutrition was terrible, terrible. And um, so I was working out at Gold's Gym. Um, this is probably like six years ago, and uh, exactly the guy I just explained to you. And uh, there were some people I I knew that were just friends of mine that, that they were huge into it and competing. And one of the guys was a coach. Uh, several of them have already been competing, like men's physique, bodybuilding. Some of the girls even were doing, you know, bikini and figure and all that. And, um, you know, I would work out with them and stuff. And But I had never had any interest whatsoever in competing or anything like that. And um, I forgot what year it was, maybe like 2012-ish. You know, they were kind of on me saying, you should compete. You know, you should compete. And I, was, I literally laughed. Um, you know, I'm like, no way in hell. Like, I just... It's not me. Like I knew what it was about somewhat, but I'm like, I can never get on stage, you know, wearing like, uh, like I didn't really know the 
different so much of the time between like our bodybuilding or I just I just always had in my head the vision of bodybuilding we got like speed on stuff and I'm like snow way like I could never do anything like that up there with your banana hammock in front of yeah yeah <laughs> and I just uh you know so I, I dismissed it you know I was like no never man and then uh, about a year went by and um I think it was in 2013 they got on me again you know and they're like you should compete <laughs> and I'm just like I don't know you know and they're like uh they're like, you're in the gym all the time. Like, why not? Just, just do it. And so um, I forgot at the time, whenever I did my first show, I was 39, which is obviously really late for, for people to, uh, to, or to do your first show. And, uh, but I was like, you know, it's, and so I was like, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm like, fuck it. You know, I got to talk to Tracy and I'm like, I'm going to do it. And like, not for anybody else, but me, um, I'm like, kind of like a bucket list type thing. I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to step on stage before I turn 40. And so it was just it's a goal that I, I set. What's the worst that can happen? I end up shredded, look lean. Like I have abs for the first time in my life. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, what's the worst that can happen? So um, I was like, okay, let's do this. And uh, so I hired one of the guys at my gym who's a big time coach here in Orlando, has tons and tons of clients. Super, super successful, well-known all through the Florida area, really. So I got with him and uh, decided to do a, sh a show. And I, I, we started like that year, whatever year it was, maybe 2013-ish. Um, we started Eve because we had a big bash here at our house. You know, I just remember like thinking in my head, I'm like, man, this is my last hurrah for a while. So uh, started like right after probably the first week of January prepping. and. Um, did like a hardcore old school prep. Um, he's changed his coaching style a lot, but at the time it was very just straight clean food, man. And it was like the same shit. I mean, I'm eating turkey and rice, chicken and rice, um, you know, tilapia and rice, like broccoli with every fucking meal. Uh, very, very straightforward. Um, I was eating like eight ounces of meat every meal. And uh, to the point, you know, it was just more, I was eating like six, seven meals a day at, for at least the first month. And uh, for me, it was just more, you know, it was obviously all clean food, no cheats whatsoever. And I was literally like force feeding myself every meal. I just remember thinking like, fuck, what did I get myself into? But I had, I had the goal in my mind that, you know, I'm going to do it. And um, we laugh now, even like, my, like, I don't know how I went so long without like cheating or anything. But I think it was just because it was the first show, you know, I had such a goal in mind and, and I was so determined to, to do that. Um, I knew, I, I knew I could obviously do it. And, but to me, I was like, I just want to see, I want to, I want to finish out the goal. And, and so we did an 18 week prep, um, 18 weeks. I think I had one cheat meal that he gave me literally in a whole 18 weeks, shredded down, um, and then I went and I did the first show and uh, I didn't know, I just went off show. And at the time I didn't realize it was a big national qualifier, like 293 competitors, which is a fairly decent sized show. And um, especially for your, your first show. And I, I was just like, yeah, I got there and had no idea what to expect. I had never been, uh, I think at the time, I don't even know if I had been to an actual show before and obviously definitely not backstage. And so I had no idea what's going on. Yeah, a totally different mindset when you're backstage and different feeling uh, from all the competitors. Yeah, and a lot of people, again, you know, there's other people there. 
there also for the first time, but the majority, you know, they've competed two, three, four times already. So a lot of people know what they're doing. But uh, so I, I did that show and uh, I did, didn't place at all. I mean, the classes were huge, but um, didn't place. Almost had a panic attack on stage. Yeah, I, I <laughs> oh, was, really? Well, I was so depleted, um, just completely depleted. And I think I pumped up too much, you know, right before you got on stage, you know, you're, you're doing everything, bands, push-ups, dips off like a band. And like, so you're trying to piece cakes, peanut butter and jelly and shit. And, and you're uh, getting your food. blood flowing and yeah, this was all swollen for the show. Yeah. And, and, and I was so depleted. I had nothing in me and I'd taken some diuretics, you know, to really suck everything tight. And, uh, I think that uh, with getting the nerves, the heart rate up, depleted, sweating, nerves, it was crazy, man. And uh, so did shitty that show, <laughs> but uh, which I, I didn't expect it to do much. But um, that, that is, as I got like the itch, kind of like a lot of people say, you know, once you do one show, you're either going to hate it or you're going to love it or you're going to want to do another. And that's what happened to me. I got done and right away just – you know, being competitive, I'm like, okay, now I know what this is about. Like, I, I want to place. I don't want to do this not even place in the top five. Mm. So there was another show, I think two, literally two weeks later, um, smaller show, one here actually in, in Orlando. And so I said, well, let's, let's just do that. So I'd already prepped for 18 weeks. I'm like, let's, let's just hit it again. So I did that show, and uh, I ended up coming in second, uh, which was which was great, and uh, rightfully so. The guy who, who beat me was much bigger, everything taller, bigger, so way better. Especially for your second show, I mean, you don't know how much that uh, how much um, that guy's been in shows, and I mean how comfortable he is, and I mean your second one after not even placing. That's yeah, and it was it was great. Like um, the the my transformation, not not physique. But mentally, the second show was night and day, like night and day, um, where I was so nervous the first show. On the second show, you know, I'm in the back, I'm laying down, I'm fucking with other guys and like bullshit with everybody and, and joking and everything and just super relaxed, went out on stage, way more confident, posing was way better, like everything. And um, I still, my goal was just to place in the top five because, you know, at all the shows, the only top five get recognized. So my goal was just to make top five. I mean, even if I would got fifth, I would have been happy, some sort of trophy or whatever. So to get second was awesome. And um, when it got down to the last two guys, like I said, it was me and this, this guy standing there next to me. And like, I knew, you know, I, I knew I wasn't going to get first because I just looking at him, I'm like, he's way better than me. So I knew I got second though, but I was super happy with it. And um, yeah, just, just a huge difference. So, I did, I did those two shows and uh, then I started getting into it. And um, at the time, I think is when I kind of came across Instagram. Mm. And so Graham and, and uh, posting and stuff. And just at first, man, I, honestly, I think like my first 10, 15, 20 posts on Instagram, uh, they're probably still on there. If you, if somebody goes way back, they're, you know, nothing to do with fitness. You know, it might be like my kids, like my dog or something. You know what I mean? So, I wasn't even using Instagram like for fitness or anything like that. It was just more like almost like Facebook, you know, I'm just like sharing pics or something of the family. And uh, so at, at the, during that time, after those two shows, you know, I, 
I was following Rich Piana. He was a mutant, and then he had. And that's when he came over and he started Five Percent Nutrition, the whole Love It Kill It thing, and the clothing line. So Five Percent took off, and I started because I was already following Rich and, and liked who he was. He was just like this super polarizing guy, obviously, you know. And uh, so I started buying the Five Percent stuff, and you know, I had shirts, tank tops, I had all the products, and so I started posting that stuff and. Oh, so you were, you were in it. You, you knew who you wanted to be with and just went for yeah, it. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, well, at the time though, like I never thought in a million years I would get with the company. I didn't really know. And, uh, but I just started using the products and then, um, I would start posting mostly pictures cause I really wasn't doing many videos at the time. Um, and so I, I, I sent an application cause I knew, I think at the time they they were taking applications on their website to become like sponsored or something like that. So I was like, you know, what I got to lose. And I uh, like I did two shows. I'm a competitor. Made it look at me right. And uh, I didn't know if that had anything to do with anything or not. But in, you know, my my thoughts. I was like, oh, well, I'm I'm a competitor. Like I look halfway decent. I'll I'll send it in. So I emailed them and uh, like never heard back. And then uh, and like month or two went by and I emailed them again nothing never like you didn't even get a re- reply nothing and uh i laughed because i i always remember i i it was probably like my fourth email to them uh the lady who i later became she emailed me back kind of like the in a very nice way you know like stop fucking emailing us we got your shit <laughs> like it was one of those like very nicely though you know she's like we got your info guy you don't need to keep sending it right and, you know, it's kind of like, we'll, we'll let you know if, if we're interested and whatever. And so, and, and, and me and you had discussed this kind of like where, and I, I've talked about this a lot of times too, where nowadays it, it works a, li- a little bit different. Everybody wants like the instant answers, right? So it's like helping on all the stuff with the demo crew. I get, you know, I'll get DMs all the time on Instagram or somebody say, hey, how long does it take to hear back about the demo crew? And I said, well, when did you? send in your application they're like well yesterday you know to me i like laugh because and, and we're super fast carly goes you know carly's the one who goes through a lot of that stuff and uh for me getting with five percent it lit from my first email to them i literally didn't hear from them for it was probably over four months and i just kept grinding it out and doing what i was doing never got like butthurt or bitter like oh fuck them they're not gonna bring me on like i, I kept posting five percent stuff i was posting you know again pictures of me wearing the clothes and pictures of the products or whatever it was and eventually um they they emailed me one day and said we'd like to bring you on or whatever congratulations we want to bring you on whatever so um so anyway so i started with them but before that even happened i had thought about kind of i had I was getting the itch to do a third show. And uh, I was at the time following a guy named Josh Bryan, who was with 5%. He was one of the original guys. I think I think he may have been like the fifth or sixth person rich, you know, they had ever brought on. So he was kind of like in that first realm of people with 5%. And he was, I saw just, you know, from following him, I saw he was, a, you know, a prep coach and all that. So I reached out to him and inquired about him, about what he did, how he did it. Um, like his prices and all that. 
And like I said, my first guy here in town, he was kind of, um, you know, old school, a lot of like bro food at the time, very, very strict, very strict uh, meal plan and all that. Well, this guy just was known too as, as like the complete opposite. He was like a, it's, if it fits your macros type of guy, you know, and he, he was a competitor as well. Um, super shredded, you know, and he's eating fucking pop tarts and like shit like that. So I was kind of like, what's this all about? You know? And, and at the time I didn't really know what the whole, if it fits you, I knew what I didn't really understand or follow like if it fits your macros type thing. Um, Cause again, I was still, I'd only dieted really once it was for those two shows. It was like really the only time I had followed a meal plan or dieted down for, for anything. So uh, when, sorry to interrupt, but when you, you say that's the only time you actually followed a meal plan, that's because you're coach. Yeah. You didn't have a coach afterwards. So it's like, okay, well I'm back at it. I'm going to eat, eat what I want to eat again or what? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, well, leading up to those first, First, that first coach, I never. When I when I got done with those two shows, I was still kind of. I kind of went back to. I didn't, not like I completely went to shit, but I was just kind of eating, I guess intuitively or whatever you want to call it. But this guy intrigued me because number one, he was with five percent of the time, and I wanted to get with with them as well. But I I wanted to do another show, and then he was a totally different style. So to me, it was, um, and I'm still like nothing at all against the first coach. I'm really actually really good friends with him, still talking all. Um, just more curiosity. I'm like, I know there's a, a million ways. Like every prep coach is different. There's a million ways to prep. Um, there's so many different ways that people do stuff. All these coaches, um, and you can still end up, you know, completely shredded and lean and big and full and and, and go on stage. So to me, I was more intrigued than anything. I'm like, I want to try prepping with a completely different coach with dial. So I did, um, I did a show, me and him got together and I did a show with him. And uh, it was uh, great. I, I did even better uh, than the, I did four classes and I took a first, a first, a second, and a third, I think. Um, in that show. And, and, and because the food was a lot different, uh, totally different. Like, not that I was eating shit. I was still eating a lot of very, very clean foods, but like majority of the prep, I was eating like a Lenny and Larry's cookie, like one, one a day, which are fucking terrible. But, um, I was eating one of those. It's kind of like a treat to keep my sanity every day. It's like, ah, uh, you did good, bud. <laughs> but I would treat it almost like a meal. Like, like my, yeah, like, like it, honestly, like I would, I would have my meal, meal number one, and then I'd always have like a Lenny and Larry's like my, the second thing I ate of the day um, just because it was like a treat kind of. And I'm looking back now though, I'm like, you know, those are terrible for you. But, uh, but uh, you know, I, I ate a lot of peanut butter for my fat. So this guy would give me macros uh, to follow and he kind of left it up to me almost to, to eat what I wanted. Um, and again, I wasn't like uh, some people you see online that if it fits your macros, eat all kinds of good food like chicken and rice and broccoli and stuff like that. But I wasn't afraid to mix in peanut butter for my fats or I was eating, you know, like I said, Lenny and Larry's or I'd eat a, you know, quest bars, you know, whatever. I was eating more protein bars and stuff like that. Um, but I did awesome. So that, that show, like I said, like a first, first, second, third, um, I battled for the overall, uh, which I lost, but, um, I did that show with him and, and, and it was right before my show is when I got, you know, 5% you know, brought me on or whatever. So 
that 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 and then um so and i came in just way bigger way and uh way bigger fuller and just as lean as my first two shows but there was a two like a two-year uh gap in between those mm-hmm. and so that's why it, it's i've done six shows and all six of my shows um were two years apart so i did like two shows oh, okay yeah i did two shows then two years off one show two years off i did two shows and then two years off, and then one show. Huh. And it'll show I came in like three, four pounds heavier, which is a lot. Like if somebody, if, if people that compete that are listening to this know four pounds is a lot when you're, you know, at like 6% body fat or whatever, you know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, you know, if you're, if you're 50 pounds overweight and you say, oh, I came in three pounds, you know, it doesn't mean much, like three pounds, three pounds. But when you're talking three pounds of muscle and being full and, and round and, and, and three pounds, four pounds is a shitload of weight uh, that you can put on from show. So, um, so I, not, I did that show. So I was like three shows in and uh, then just started doing everything with 5%. So uh, it was, it was awesome um, doing stuff with them. I did, uh, you know, I went to all the Olympias. I went to the Arnold's. Uh, did the Europa? Your, five, Rich only came to Europa here in Orlando one time, so obviously I was here because that was my hometown. And um, so I got to spend a lot of time with him. Uh, with when I was with Five Percent, we would always eat breakfast with Rich. So you know, all day at the expo. I usually was always next to him because I did. Um, if anybody was ever at any expos with Rich, he always signed uh, big like uh, pictures. You know, like autographed pictures. So a lot of times I would I was right next to him giving out pictures to people and stuff like that. So a lot of like dialogue. I got to talk to him a lot, and then um, so we would do breakfast every morning, do the expo. We would always, as a team, we'd go right from the expo to a gym, wherever city we were in. We'd all work out, and you know, with with him, and then we'd all leave the gym, and we'd always go eat. A lot of times it was like the cheesecake factory because Rich was like a big cheesecake factory guy. But uh, but it, you know, it depends where we were at or what city and stuff. So um, I was able to do, you know, I think I did like seven, maybe six or I don't remember six or seven expos with Rich, um, which is awesome. And then um, a friend of mine who actually prepped me for my last three shows, named Jack Barantini. He's still with five percent, and he lives here also, Florida, which is again also right next to Orlando. He's probably thirty minutes from me. He owns a gym, and uh, when when Rich was still alive, Rich came over. We threw kind of like a we called it like a five percent day, and we kind of promoted it and all that. And Rich came over to his gym, and uh, we invited just a shitload of people. We promoted it on Instagram and Facebook and stuff, and it just it was just open. And uh, of course, with Rich being there, just like packed house. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, so so Rich came over here. We did the, everything there with a bunch of and all that, and then a very small group of us after that with Rich, you know, went to like a barbecue place and ate and stuff like that. So it was um, it was awesome. You know, a lot of people asked me about about him, and, and uh, to me, it was just people either loved him or hated him. <laughs> it seemed, you know. Uh, I know from people, even like big names in the fitness industry um, that we all, that are, you know, even today that never really met him or maybe they didn't like him. I, I've heard a lot of them say, 
say like, oh, I really like he did. Or, but they, uh, every one of them I've heard say like, they always respected like what he did for the, the industry. And then they respected his work ethic because, um, and I kid you not, every single expo that I did with 5% and anybody that was with 5% will tell you, we were the last ones at every expo. They, the security, we got kicked out of them because Rich always, Rich always had the longest lines and Rich would never, Rich would stay there until security kicked us out. So one year at the Arnold. So he pretty much cared to, about the fans. The Arnold closed at time five, five or five, three. Big time, big time. Um, one of the years at the Arnold, it was the first maybe Arnold I did with them. They had closed and they, I would say 90% of the people were already out of the expo and security was starting to kick everyone out. And I bet you we had a hundred people still in line Jeez. that had been waiting, you know, for rich. And, uh, the security guys came up to our booth and were like, you know, we got to cut it off rich, you know, it's over. You got to, you know, tell these people to come back tomorrow. And I always remember rich literally not telling them shit. He would, if you want to be an asshole, you tell them. And the guy literally without even hesitation was like, sorry folks, you got to go. <laughs> and people were so pissed. Because they were, you know, they'd probably been waiting in line for three hours for Rich, and but he he wasn't going to do it. He's like, he's like, I'm not telling him anything. He's like, you tell him, and uh, but he was, he was huge, huge uh, with the fans as far as spending time with them. Again, anybody listening that's been to a five percent booth knows, like Rich would sit there and talk to you. Um, like, like I said, I was always kind of next to him. I almost feel bad for the next person in line because sometimes he would sit there and talk to somebody for like 10 minutes. You know, and I know this guy, the person behind is probably like, fuck, come on, man, let's go. You know, so. next. I've been here for three hours. <laughs> yeah, that, that, seriously, that's what it was like. So, but he, he spent a ton of time with people and uh, like, I don't know how many people I would hear come up and say like, oh, you've changed my life, man. Or you saved my life by this or, uh, you know, and, and story after story after story. And I'm talking young, old, you know, white, black, Spanish, like there's nobody that came to that line to, to meet Rich, like always had some story of how he motivated them, how he inspired them or whatever. It was just cool to see um, like the, like firsthand me being there to see the impact like the guy had on, on people. It was pretty awesome. No, that is really cool. Hey, uh, so when we were talking before, you mentioned a coach just, uh, he trained you and then you got to a show and he like left. Oh, that yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so Josh Bryan, um, awesome dude. I still talk to him. He, he kind of like, I don't want to say left the fitness industry, but it, he's also a huge gamer, huge, huge gamer. Um, and so he kind of like put like fitness on a back burner and uh, that, that's like what he does now. But um, yeah. So on that third, sh the show he prepped me for, um, and you know, I was with five, I had gotten with 5% and I was all happy and I'm doing the show and you know, now I'm shredded and I'm all my Instagram pictures. I'm, you know, I have no shirt on shredded. I got the 5% I'm putting out at this point in time, I'm putting the 5% logo on all my video. Oh yeah. You're pumped. You're like fucking hey. He was in pictures and everything. He, he, yes. So he lived in Texas. So he, he wasn't local. So we did our entire prep like by phone and pictures and, and everything. Uh, and he still brought me in just ridiculously. And uh, the day of the show, it was in Daytona Beach. And uh, I'm in the hotel. And we're going back and forth. And he's like, oh, yeah, I, I left 5%. And I was kind of like, huh? He's like, yeah, I'm going my separate ways, man. I was kind of like, oh, all right. Like, <laughs> where'd this come from? But I didn't know anything about it. And he's like, oh, I'll, I'll tell you later. 
or whatever. But he ended up leaving. That was just kind of weird. And he told me like on the day of my show or whatever. Um, and he ended up going with another supplement company like not too long after that. And he was with them for maybe like a year or so or two or something. But uh, but yeah, so that, that was kind of a weird weird thing. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so so, so I was I was with Five Percent for almost like three years, and um, I had done so that so so. That, that we were in 2017-ish, I guess, about. And um, that's my gym one morning. And I'm completely out of shape. I say I'm out of shape, meaning like nowhere near like stage ready. Stage ready. Yeah. Prepped, yeah. I'm, in the, I'm in the gym one morning <clears throat> working out with my wife. And I see two guys that I competed with in 2015. So two years ago, they were at the one show where I, where I did really well, where I, I did four classes. So I see these guys, and they're younger, way younger than me, and, but it's literally like the first time I've seen them in at least like a year, year and a half. So we're like, oh, what's up, man? You understand? Like, they're getting ready to do a show. Like, yeah, you should do it. You know, this and that. And I'm like, when is it? And they're like, oh, it's like 11 weeks. You know, and most, most preps are long. I mean, depends what kind of shape you're in, but most people prep from 14, 16, 20 weeks out, you know, some even longer, depending, again, like how fat you might be and how, you know what you have to lose or whatever so we were we were like 11 weeks out he said and i'm like but they're like gassing me up you know they're like oh you should do it we're all gonna do it again and so i talked to tracy a little bit i'm like i wonder if i can do it so that's when i heard Tini, who's a great friend of mine i used to travel with him and his wife um, like i said he was with five percent way before me and he's still with them today but Every expo, I always traveled, uh, me and him and his wife, Teresa, um, that we always traveled, like hotel, flight, everything together. And um, so I hit him up. Just I was asking him because he's been a coach and he's been like in the fitness industry for like 30 years, um, way back. I mean, he was with EAS and like metrics, metrics whatever you call it. And, and, like he, and um, I know he coached people and all that. And, and just for my – time with him and, and he, we were great friends and all that i shot him a text one day like right when this when i saw these guys that same day i think it was or maybe the next day and i wasn't asking him to coach me i, I was just asking him his opinion i go hey man do you think i could be stage ready in like 10 weeks and he's like well let's give it a fucking shot <laughs> so i was like i wouldn't even ask him to coach me <laughs> but he's like let's let's do it and i go all right and i'm like Fuck, I'm in. Let's go. So I went balls to the wall, man. Um, ten week prep, dying. Um, again, he Jack's kind of. Um, I don't know. I don't know what kind of style of coach I want to call him. He he knows I know how to work out and all that. He knew I knew what to eat. So we did um, the same thing. I don't want to say if it fits your macros, but Jack's a super super clean eater himself. Super lean, shredded always. But he would just, we went off macros. So his whole prep with me was, we I do Saturday check-ins. This week, let's do, he, he emailed me over, but like his response to my pictures and weight and all that. But it would just be macros. He wants me to do, you know, this many carbs and, and protein and fats on this day. We did a lot of carb cycling that. That was kind of my first um, entry away, I guess. Not that I didn't do a little carb cycling before, but he, we went big at it. So it was different. Like, uh, I would run like certain macros two days a week, another macros two other days a week. Wednesdays, I would do no carbs. 
just it would, I would get trace carb. And so I would just do like protein greens all day Wednesday. Um, I did that all through prep, which I really like because it helps really get you down in that calorie deficit. Saturday would be check-ins. And almost every Saturday I'd have uh, usually a cheat meal, almost the whole prep, uh, just because I was, I was, my metabolism was going. And um, Sunday was kind of just like a, Sunday was kind of a weird day because he would just tell me to kind of keep it clean and keep it a little bit lower calorie, but he never really gave me restrictions on what to eat. But that was like a cheat day. Yeah. What's that? Saturday was so Saturday was more like cheat day. Sunday was just like, don't be an asshole day. <laughs> eat, eat sensible, I guess. All right. Um, so we did that. I mean, a 10 week prep. I remember the last two weeks, um, I was doing two a day cardios every day. I, I would go to the gym in the morning, work out. I would do like 30 minutes of cardio. And then every night I was going back to the gym and doing like 45 minutes on the stairs. And I remember the last two weeks, like I mean, I would just like see and stars on the uh, competed nose. It's like those last week or two, low calories, low carbs, I had no energy. And, uh, but I just was just grinding it out, man. I, I, I really wanted to see how I could do on a 10 week prep. Because for me, it was almost like half the time than my first two shows because I had done the first show in like 18 weeks and then the second show was 20 weeks because I added two weeks. And then even when I prepped with Josh on my third show, we kind of almost did a 20-week prep with him. So for me to do a 10-week prep, it was like a heat. Another one of those goals I just threw. It was like a big challenge for me to try to do. And then uh, anyways, did awesome at that show took first place and then I tried to, and I battled for the overall again uh, and I lost. So it's the second time I battled for the overall and lost. Um, but anyway, so, so we did that show. And then um, not too long after that, I, that I, I ended up leaving 5% before Rich died, actually right before Rich died. Um, and that's when I left. And um, it, it was just kind of, it, it, a lot of it was changing. Um, They, you know, five percent started brittle. Um, I think there was some. Some people were getting mad at other people too, or like you know, some people were getting jealous of who was getting attention, who wasn't. Um, so like the mentality just kind of. Yeah, it was kind of turning into, you know, for lack of a better, lack of better words. I mean, to me, it was starting to turn into like a circus in a way. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I love five percent because I've met a lot of great people that I'm still friends with today. Uh, and they treated me awesome, always. It's always treating me awesome to go. Like, you know what I mean? It's just time to move on. And I I knew or I had heard Cass Martin. Um, a lot of people know who she is. She's pretty freaking huge on Instagram. I think she has like 2.3 million followers. Yeah. Um, Super, super popular. And she's a pretty badass female, <laughs> you know, that lifts heavier than most guys I know, including me probably. But um. <laughs> I knew I had met her at, at one of the Olympias a little bit. And just pulled, I was actually going to the bathroom and I hardly knew her. But I knew one of the guys I love with her, you know, he's like, she's so badass, this and that. And I hardly knew who she was. And uh, I went to the bathroom one day and I, I was passing her and she was just sitting there talking to two other like girls that, you know, probably her friends or whatever. So I stopped and just started bullshitting with her a little bit. And I took a picture with her and all that and introduced myself. That that was like two years before this. I, you know, I was with 5% when that happened. But anyways, when I was leaving 5%, I knew, or I had heard she was starting the company. 
So again, I, I reached out DM on Instagram and said, hey, you probably don't remember me. Um, I'm sure you meet thousands upon thousands of people. But I said, I talked to you like two years ago at the Olympia. And um, I said, I, it looks like you're starting a supplement company. Um, are, do you plan on sponsoring anybody or bringing anybody along? If you are, I'd love to, to talk to you about it. And dude, same thing. Like I didn't hear back for like a month and a half, almost two months. And I didn't bother her again. I'm just like, she's probably like, whatever, you know, whatever. And literally one day out of nowhere, I got it. I'm going through my DMs. I see Cass Markham and I was like, oh, fuck, what's this? And she was like, yeah, I do remember you. And she's like, yes, you know, I am starting my own company. I'd love to talk to you or whatever. So I was like, perfect. Um, and me and her started like a dialogue for, we probably went back and forth for like a month, um, you know, before she was, cause she wasn't even starting the company yet. And um, I had d then decided to leave 5%. So I, I left and um, it was maybe literally a, like a couple weeks before Rich ended up, you know, that happened with Rich and he ended up dying. Um, but anyway, she, brought me on you know she said this is what i have planned this is what we're doing i love if you you know you want to come on i'd love to bring you on with me so i was like yeah i'm in um because i literally left five percent anyway so i was looking for like a new home and so she brought me on and uh i started the company with her um like i, I was the very first person she even posted uh when she started the company on the work ethic page and then it was i didn't know it was going to to be like this, but I has a huge, huge female fan base, but I was the only sponsored guy she, she ever brought on, she, which was kind of funny. Um, so like it was me and like, you know, like 25 girls, 20 girls. And, uh, so if you, you go back, I mean, they're still probably on my Instagram page way back, but like every expo we'd have like an image or fly or whatever you want to call it, image that we promoted for like the Arnold and the Olympia and, uh, the LA Fit Expo and all this stuff in Houston, the Houston or American Fit Expo. And it's literally like cast and me, all the other girls that, that were going to be at the, at the booth or whatever. So every, every time these came out, it was just me and like 12, 13 girls on this image. And I used to get, I would get DMs from all kinds of people like, dude, how did you land that? It's like the best gig ever. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, it is, but it's not, you know, it's not, it's not like I'm single and young and, you know, like some of these girls are, I'm, I'm half or I'm double their age. You know, I'm like, it's not as cool as it is. It I could be your dad. All right. Put some clothes. Yeah. On. Seriously. That's what it was like. I'm like, yeah, it's cool. But, but it's like, not, not really. So, uh, but I was with her. So I was with her for like a year and a half. Um, and I was with her. Um, and that's, that's kind of what led me into Axe and Sledge with uh, Seth. Um, I knew Seth prior from even my 5% days. I knew who he was. Um, I, didn't I didn't really know him well. Uh, I was, um, you know, I, I met him like back a few, several years at either like the Arnold or the Olympia first. I don't remember. I might have been, uh, it was with Jack Berentini, the guy that I was talking about that, that coached me and he was with 5% me and him went by and I think he had more of a little bit of a relationship or he knew Seth a little bit and uh, we'd go by and that's kind of how I met Seth. And so every expo that I would be at, I would, I was just like anybody else, you know, I was a fan of Seth. I followed him and, and his career and followed him on YouTube or any videos he did. And, um, you know, I just thought he was a 
pretty badass dude. And, and uh, I was just like a fan, like anybody away, you know, whatever, whatever expo we were at, I would sneak away and uh, go, just go find him. And, and he was always awesome. Like, I didn't know if he would even remember me. And, um, you know, I remember, I think two years in a row <clears throat> when he was with Blackstone maybe, or then one year he was with Primeval, but, you know, there'd be a line of like, you know, a hundred people waiting there for Seth and I'd walk in and just catch his attention. He'd be like, Hey, he'd like wave me in. And I'd come in and just bullshit with him for a second. Um, you know, but he would, you know, I, I wouldn't wait in line is what I mean. It was awesome. He'd, he'd acknowledge me and wave me in real quick to bullshit and just say, what's up and shoot the shit real quick. And to me, right away, building a relationship. Yeah, it was awesome because I was like, it made me even like him that much more. Uh, you know, like, cause I, you know, I was a nobody, like he didn't really know me well. I mean, he knew who I was, I guess, but you know, I was like anybody else. I was shocked that he recognized me from expo to expo to expo because, you know, these guys shake 10,000 hands, you know, <laughs> during oh, the yeah. expo. so, uh, he, but he would know me at every expo and hey, it was something bullshit. And then, uh, when I was at 5% and, and would bullshit with him. And then one year out in LA, um, this is when I met Bobby is, uh, we were at, I was, I was with Cass Martin at the, at the time and her brand. And we were there the day before the expo started, you know, the expo, the, the LA fit expo, I think was like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, maybe. And so this was Thursday expo is pretty much empty. Um, we were setting up our booth. I think like Cali muscle was like right next to us. So I was bullshitting with him a little bit and, but nobody's in the expo center really, um, but for the most part, it was dead. And uh, I see Seth and, and Bob walking, but I didn't really know who Bob was at the time. And so I see Seth, and again, he recognized me. So I was like, hey, what's up? Fucking, we started bullshitting. And he introduced, that's when he introduced me. So this is my business partner, you know, Bob. And they had a sexual life mate. Yeah, yeah. He, he, wasn't even, <laughs> he wasn't using that line back then yet. But uh, they, they were partners in All American Roughneck, obviously. And, and at the time, this is when Seth was with Primeval or whatever. So um same thing it just it was awesome i sat there and like blitz um so they just grabbed some pictures we took a picture and all that and um bob was awesome and then that weekend during the expo when i would sneak away from the work ethic booth to walk around and talk to other guys that i knew you know i'd go by their booth and same thing i just sat there and bullshitted with him and, and bob also so it was like just you know year after year at the expos building the relationship with him and um so in 2019, yeah, 2019, uh, we were getting ready, you know, we were, um, maybe, maybe like a month or two away from the Arnold. Um, I had, a, they, Seth had already started Axe and Sledge and Seth at this time, Seth started following me on Instagram and stuff like that. And, and obviously I was following him a long time ago, but, uh, I had a DM one time from Mike and, uh, Mike Roten and, and I had no idea who Mike was at the time. And he, he reached out and just said, Hey, uh, my name is Mike Roten. I'm, you know, I'm a owner of Axis Ledge Supplements and, uh, all American rough, or I mean, uh, American made nutrition and, um, what do you think? And Seth wanted me to reach out to you and talk to you or whatever, um, about coming to work with us. Okay. And I was just like, I didn't know, you know, I didn't, I just, I think my response was, I was like, Oh, that's, that's awesome. Um, I'm currently, you know, with Cass Martin and her brand. And Mike was like, I know. <laughs> he was like, we know. We still want to talk to you. So I was like, all right, cool, you know. And so we, we kind of like tentatively set up a phone call that never happened even. We just, 
never hooked up. It was like, <clears throat> I don't know if I, he was going to call me. I don't know what happened, but never really just, and it kind of just like flew by the wayside. So I was like, all right, whatever. The Arnold was coming up and um, the, I think I'd made a post like kind of promoting her brand and, you know, come see us at the booth. And, you know, we were like one week out from the Arnold and I saw a comment on my post from Mike again. And Mike's like, Hey, come see me at the Arnold. So I was like, okay, cool. And I was like, finally, I'll get to talk to these guys. And um, Seth had already kind of taken care of me. Like we, you know, I was with her and getting all the free supplements I wanted and clothing and everything. I was at the time already buying some Axe and Sledge stuff because I wanted to try it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, again, I was a huge fan of Seth and I, I knew his stuff would probably be great. And so I, I bought some and liked it. And then uh, I was going to kind of put in a bigger order. And Seth actually messaged me one day. I was like, dude, wait a minute. Um, we'll take care of you. And he's like, let me at least get you a code or something. And I think he gave me like a 25% off code or whatever. And he's like, you know, let, let me know when you order something. <clears throat> and that was one day. And I put in like a decent size order because I, I just wanted to try more of the products. So, so I already kind of had that relationship with Seth. And um, so anyway, so, so went to the Arnold. And even before the Arnold, I talked to Tracy, my wife, a little bit. I was like, man, I wonder if these guys really want to bring me on. I'm like, even though, you know, I was with her for about a year and a half, I was like, again, she's super popular and super huge. It's a female fan base more so. Um, I had already been following Seth closely in Axe and Sledge. You know, no brainer. It's kind of a better fit, obviously. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so I was like, We'll see what they say. Um, you know, if it sounds all good, I'm like, I, I kind of already in my head was like, I think I'll leave if it's if it's something good, you know. Obviously. Yeah. So uh, on that Friday of the Arnold, you know, which is packed, and uh, I I went by their booth a couple times, and um, I talked to Bob a lot. And again, Bob knew who I was, or whatever. And so Mike Mike wants to talk to you. But I'd go by, and Mike just wasn't there. And uh, he was either at the American Made Nutrition booth, or he, I, I know, I think he even had some meetings, like wholesalers or retailers or whatever. So it, it ended up being funny, because on that Friday, I probably went by the booth like four different times. And it got to the point where I'd come up, and Bob just like look at me and shake his head. You know, like, he's not here again, man. Like, I kept missing him. Like, he would be there, I guess. And like, because I'd show up, and Bob go, dude, he just left like 20 minutes ago. Because... So, you know, Mike was bouncing around also. I do like after like four times, I'll make, I'll just, I'll come by, I'll try it tomorrow. So on Saturday, again, I snuck away from our booth for a little bit and I went over and found Mike and, uh, you know, access led booth was crazy. It was loud, huge lines for Seth and everything. So Mike was like, let's go, let's go somewhere quiet so we can talk. So me and him went off and, and talked and, uh, it was, it was awesome because, you know, he said, you know, we're, we're fairly new. Um, we, we want, you know, he kind of told us, told me their plans of how big they want to do. And he said, uh, the, the thing that made me feel great, awesome was, you know, he goes, we have meetings all the time, obviously. He said, you know, myself and Pat and Mike and, or, and uh, Bob and Seth. And he goes, Bob and Seth bring you up in our meetings all the time. You know, they say we need a guy like him. And, uh, you know, that, that alone is awesome. And, and but I remember I was laughing because Mike was like, "That's good," because he's like, "Bob and Seth don't talk about anybody. They're, you know, they're 
they're uh, they they trust. He's like for them to talk good about you is a great thing. Like he kind of joked about that. So yeah, I was like, that's cool. super yeah. small and tight. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so it made me feel good that I'm like, okay, Bob and Seth are bringing me up in the meetings with these guys, um, with Mike and Pat, who I didn't, you know, I didn't know them at all. I just knew Seth and, and Bob. Um, so for him to tell me that they bring my name up, I was like, dude, that's awesome. And uh, and again, yeah, he kind of mentioned that how Seth keeps his circle pretty tight, and um, which, yeah, and we talked about it before like Seth Seth is even on his podcast like you know Seth said he's he he uh, doesn't fuck with a lot of people and you know he said he wants everybody to I always hear him say he wants everybody to eat you're just not going to eat at his table yeah you know, which you know I mean so it's cool that I was being kind of included in that so uh, Mike went over everything what they their plans for me uh, what they wanted me to do like the stuff they they wanted to include me in my role with the company and then like, you know, he made an offer to everything they're going to give me and, and all that on my end. So I was just like, right then and there, I was kind of like, I'm in, man. Cause it, it sounded great. Um, you know, not just from what I was getting, you know, but like the role that I would be playing, I was like, I'm, I'm be a bigger piece of the puzzle than I am now, you know? So yeah. I was like, I, want, I wanted to be in with that. I want to help the company grow and, and help them as much as I can. And uh, But I was like, this sounds awesome. And I could tell it was um, a pretty tight, close-knit group. You know what I mean? It's just like, you're just another person. You're just a number, you know, whatever. I could tell just from talking to Mike that it wasn't like that. So, you know, I said right there on the spot, I, I was kind of like, give me like a week or two to – you know, once the Arnold passes and I'll talk to Cass and just kind of tell her like, you know, I'm going to go my separate ways or whatever. So Mike was like, yeah, you know, take your time, whatever. So, yeah. So it was like a week or two later, you know, I talked to her and just said, thanks for everything, you know, that you guys have done, whatever. And I'm just going to go my separate ways. And she was, she was great with it. And then I asked the sledge. So that's kind of what's led me here. And then, and then I did, uh, like I said, I did, um, another show just this past year, which after 2017, I thought I was going to kind of be done. Which is my wife always shows with me that you said that last time, because then when I just did this show, I'm like, I'm done. She's like, yeah, you said that in 2017 also. <laughs> but so, you know, I'd gotten with, with Axe and Sledge and then I just, for some reason I wanted to go, I still hadn't won overall in 2017 with Jack. I did another show. And I took first place in that also. And then I battled for the overall and I lost. So at this point I had battled, um, I have all these first place wins and I battled for three overalls. Um, cause I wanted a big ass, you know, the big ass sword. Have you seen, you know, most of the, most yeah. of the shows big like game of Thrones sword. And I battled for it three times. I lost all three times. Like, it's like the ultimate trophy on our level, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm always right there there but i can't get it so so i'm like i want to do another show and um for no reason whatsoever i'm just and, and plus honestly i, I kind of did it to get get back in shape again because i could feel myself kind of slipping again working out but just not eating great so i'm like i want to get shredded let's do this and see if i can come in even bigger and fuller and gain a couple more pounds so i got with jack again and i said let's do this man so i did a prep with with him uh, using all axe and sledge products um, pretty much ate 
like the chicken I use for the chicken product, like, um, and all exercise products, some Amen products as well. And then uh, I ended up doing the Florida State Show, which is a really big show. Um, and then for, they don't really recognize men's physique, but, uh, well, and masters too, but like, you know, in bodybuilding and the figure, like, you know, you're basically called like Mr. Florida, you know, because it's the, the Florida State Show. Um, so it's pretty popular, pretty big show. So I'm like, let's do that one. And so I did that and uh, it was a cool show because this is my, and my mom <clears throat> and my sister were here, which they had never, they'd never been to a show before. My mom had, my mom had never even, she lives several hours away, well, like four hours away, but she has just never came up for my shows. Um, Cause she hates driving up here by herself and all that. And, uh, but my sister was down in Naples, Florida at the time and they came up so they could come to the show. So it was cool to have them there. Obviously, my my girls and Tracy, they're always there, or whatever. But it was it was a cool show because my sister's here for the first time. My mom's never seen me compete, so we do the show and we do pre judging. <clears throat> and this was men's bikini, right? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And uh, so so we uh, my oldest daughter had a big soccer tournament that she like couldn't miss. But I'm like, go to the tournament in the morning, and then we're just telling your coach you're missing the night the, the later king there's no you know <clears throat> so we t- we got with her coach and uh but she was a team captain at the time even so obviously it's kind of bad for the team captain to be missing a, a tournament game all that play and uh so she went to the so she missed the pre-judging so I, I went to pre-judging and uh i competed in three classes this this show in 2019 i did men's physique uh masters like 40 and up and then I did men's physique 35 and up. And then I did the open class against all the young dudes, right? I, no matter what, every show I've done, I've done open because I like to uh, see how I fare against all the young bucks, right? And, and, and same thing, I can literally be some of their dads. Like, like you know, I'm, I'm 44 now, and I'm competing 21 years old. And um, who just, I don't want to say I can't compete with them because I have, but it's like the waste is the waist I can't compete with anymore because it's like being as old as I am, I just don't have a skinny waist. Like, the, you know, some of those guys have tiny ass waist still because they're 21 years old, but I always do uh, open no matter what, just to see how I fare. But uh, so I, we did the morning show and I thought I did okay. Um, and it was a really different show for me because, you know, and, and all the, previous shows I've done, I've kind of had an idea how I did, um, even in like 2017 and 15, like I'm like, in some of the classes anyways, I'm like, I, I won this, like I'm taking first place or, you know, I would know like, okay, I probably didn't win, but I'm top three. And I, I've had that, that at least that mental, you know, when, when I came off stage in past shows and then I've even had people tell me like, Oh, you, you're taking that or whatever, you, you know, people that are watching that I know other competitors even or whatever. This show, was really odd for me because I did think I was, I was okay. Um, you know, I was lean. I was big. I, again, I was up about three pounds from 2017 and I looked great, I guess, or whatever I felt. I mean, I felt like I looked great, but I mean, I just wasn't positive at all. And um, so after prejudging, you know, I went and got a, a burger. Um, I didn't do any fries or anything like that, but I, we actually came home because the show was not that far away. So I came home between prejudging finals and <clears throat> my daughter now who missed prejudging was home 
And I flat out told her in first, like in anything, in all three classes, I'm like, I, didn't, I don't think I did well. And my wife kept telling me, I think you at least are taking one first, you know? I'm like, I don't know, because a lot of guys look really good. And, uh, but I always remember telling my daughter, I'm like, daddy didn't, he didn't do it this time. Like, I didn't do it. And uh, so then we go to the night show. Now she's there, obviously. And then again, my mom's sister, all the family. And uh, Tracy's parents came to the night show and stuff and a bunch of other friends and stuff. And I end up winning uh, 40 and up, 35. And I win the overall for the first time ever. I win the overall for the show. And then in the open class, I took third, you know, against all the young. Which isn't bad at all because it's all the young bucks, you know? Oh, so yeah. So I took third. And as as a big show, like every class, you know, had – some of the classes had like 12, 13, 14 people and I'm, you know, taking first place. And so, so not only it was great because I took the 40 and up, um, but for me to take the 35 and up, which was cool because, you know, I beat all those guys younger than me. And then, uh, then for the whole masters or whatever. And then, yeah. And then for third place in the open, I was super happy with, because I didn't even know if I would get that. And, uh, and again, the guys who took first and second, you know, like I just couldn't compete, like, you know, right, rightfully so. Uh, you know, some people get mad at their placing, <clears throat> but I mean, uh, there's no way, like, I, I should have took a higher place than third. Um, but yeah, so th- that was my last show in 2019. It was awesome. Um, but it was just a weird show because I honestly did not think I did well. And to date, it was probably just for the fact that I won the overall finally, it was probably like the coolest show that I've done. And if it is my last, I kind of went out, you know, for me, I went out on top or I went out a good way. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of it. I mean, and then. Hey, so do you have like the same judges on these shows? Well, not, I mean, obviously not all of them, but uh, majority of the time is this the same judges or is it different? Some of them. There's certain like regions. Yeah. Some, some judges are the same and some aren't. Um, and, and because I, I want to say the judges go by region. So like say down in Miami, they might be some different judges. Um, but I know some of the judges travel a lot, um, you know, into all different cities around Florida and stuff. So if I do a show like in Daytona, there might, you know, say there's five or six judges. And then I do a show in Orlando, there might be like two judges that are the same. Oh. And then three or four different ones there's a couple that you know i've seen at, at different shows but most of the time it's not all all the same panel at all so i mean yeah do you think that they remember you from the other show and they're like okay i've seen them at this show he did fairly well so they're expecting a little more out of you the next show or i don't know um i don't know either because i don't compete that often being that i've had two-year layoffs and everything i know one of the guys who the promoter knows me and i'm friends with him and, and he's giving me He's a judge, and he also promotes his own big show. He's a good guy, too, <clears throat> because he's all me tips and feedback, which is awesome. Uh, even at shows he's not a judging at, he's pulled me aside backstage and said, you need to do this, you need to twist more. You know, almost gave me some tips and help on posing and stuff like that. Or then he's told me flat out, like, oh, you look, you look better this morning. You're not as tight at the night show. And very, you know, like, brutally honest, which is what you want. Um, yeah when you're competing, you never want somebody to give you bullshit, sugar-coated, you know what I mean? You want to hear, even if you don't like what they're saying, you want the truth. Um, because sometimes people tell you what you want to hear instead of what you need to hear. I always want to hear the reverse. Like, do you suck? Yeah, so uh, you said you joined up with Axon Sledge. Was there any, like, what was their 
first initial, hey, this is what we want you to do. So is it just promoting or you're going to be in charge of the ambassador? Um, yeah, so when Mike went over stuff, um, you know, he, he talked about – that was way before we did anything with the demo crew, but he that, they had already had that idea. Um, and Mike said, we want to run – we kind of want you to head up or like you know, at the time he just said a type program that we're going to do, but we want to make it different than every other company. Uh, he said, we, we want you to kind of help run the Facebook groups. And when I started, you know, I want to say the, the Axe and Sledge, not the demo groups, I was still way before that, the, the Axe and Sledge Facebook group, you know, I think it might've had 2000 or 1800, something like that, you know, people in it. And now, you know, I think it's got whatever, 24, 25,000 people in it. Yeah, That's grown obviously a lot in the last year, but yeah, he just went over it. He went over kind of what my role would be. Um, you know, they were going to do as far as, you know, compensating me with everything and, and what I would be getting and stuff like that. And so he, he kind of just went over all that stuff. And then it's actually turned out to be even, you know, without going into tons of detail about it, uh, it it's actually turned into way more, you know, than I anticipated even both compensation wise stuff that I get, um, in addition to the stuff I'm doing, which, which is awesome. Like I, I want to do, and those guys know that I, and they want me to do basically. Um, and they have, you know, they've included me in a lot of stuff, um, you know, flying me up there all the time. I mean, they, and, and I've been with them now a little bit over a year, but in the first 11 months, I think it was, they've flown me up there six times. Yes. Um, you know, and, and just including me into that family. I've been to their houses, uh, you know, like Super Bowl Sunday, I sat there at Pat's house with Mike and drink and watch the Super Bowl and eat and, you know, and all that stuff. So, um, all, you know, I know everybody's wives, I know their kids and all that. So, like, I've been welcomed into that circle with open arms and uh, and just the way they include me in, in everything. And, the, and like, like I said, like, the piece of the puzzle that I am is, is great. I'm very fortunate and, and uh, grateful that, that they've given me all this stuff. Yeah. And that uh, mentality is probably totally different than uh, Cass Martin and nothing bad about them. It's just uh, the amount of fuckery you see constantly with them. <laughs> I'm sure that's just, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, and they've, they, you know, I've heard them say it themselves. Like, what you see with them is, I mean, what you see is what you get. It's like, uh, and um, Jason Christie, who's, you know, one of the demo crew guys, uh, he can attest to this. You know, he, he won the first contest that we did, and I, I met him at the airport, and uh, he spent two days, three days with us, you know, when we were up there. He can tell you it's like, it's just a fun atmosphere, Seth pretty much fucks with everybody. Mike fucks with everybody. Um, they, uh, you know, and Seth has said it. They, they like to work hard, but they like to play hard also. So it's the truth. Um, everybody has a role. Everybody works hard. Everybody gets the job done. And at the same time, though, those guys have a shitload of fun doing it. They make, they make everything fun. I mean, you, obviously with the videos they do and, the sh you know, the shit Seth does. Um, you know, and a lot of like the little spoof videos, like the homemade video and, you know, getting Darcel involved. And it's like, that's, that's who they are as a company. Um, 
So, so they, they, they out of the box that a lot of companies in this industry don't do or won't do. And I think that's what makes, that's what draws so many people to them. It's like, they're not really trying to be anything they're not. They're, they're, they are who they are. And if you like it, great. If you don't, great. Yeah. They just keep it real. That's one thing that uh, a lot of us admire about them. It's like, they show you how hard they fucking work, but then it's like, okay, Hey, this is who we are. Um, they show their personal side. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So, uh, we ended up, yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's, it's not like, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, I was going to say it's not, nothing they do is like an act. I mean, it's what, what you see. That's like really what goes on there every day. Yeah. So, um, we ended up getting on the demo crew Facebook group and, uh, posted, um, for questions, right. Asked the demo yep. crew for questions. Uh, well, I'd like to get the, get to that in a second. Um, but first I've been getting, I've been seeing a lot of questions asked because you guys just uh, started promoting demo crew elite members. And, uh, a big question going out there is, Hey, what does it, what does it take to become a demo crew elite member? That's from a lot of demo crew members. Yeah. So, yeah. So we just, um, we, we promoted or whatever you want to say, bumped up, promoted, uh, eight people for demo crew elite. And, um, <clears throat> I kind of feel bad for them too. It's like, because, you know, we had a lot of things planned, uh, for the Arnold. I mean, in general, we had a lot of stuff planned. That was going to be awesome for the booth for the private demo crew meetup. And then we were going to announce the, the demo crew lead people there. And so everything got really jacked up obviously because of that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, so in the demo crew elite, we picked, um, we had a few different phone calls, conference calls or whatever with, uh, myself and, and Carly and Mike and Shane actually was on too. And then of course, Mike, you know, talks, you know, he, relays everything back with Seth and, and we, you know, we all kind of picked the, the demo crew lead, I guess. And they were, they, the, the people that we picked, um, you know, were people that stood out to all of us now to, and this is my answer, I guess. I'm not, I'm not speaking for Mike or Seth or, or Bob or anybody, but I think what we were looking at were just people that, I mean, there's, I would say there's one set criteria because it's going to be all, it's going to be kind of different for every, we're looking for people that are repping the brand, um, you know, repping the products, repping the clothes, uh, helping out in the, in the Facebook groups, both like the demo crew Facebook page and the access ledge page. Um, when, when we, when we notified the, the eight people, myself and Carly called them all eight of them separate, you know, on the phone and, and talk to them. And, and, you know, I told all eight of them, all, everyone on every phone call, you know, I said, we, we picked you guys for a reason. Um, we just want you in. When I, when I say like helping out in those Facebook groups, a lot of the, the, the guys I've seen, you know, every now and then you get like something negative in that group or you get some asshole talking shit to somebody. Um, you know, I've seen many of those people that we promoted or whatever, you know, right away, jump and jump on that person being an asshole and kind of set them straight or, you know, they might notify me or Carly, like what's going on and we can like get them out of that group or whatever. Um, but like stuff like that, you know, just 
helping others in general, whether it's about working out, whether it's about diet, training, whether it's about the Axe and Sledge products. Um, and again, they're busy on both Instagram and Facebook, um, you know, posting videos, posting pictures, posting Axe and Sledge stuff, people that are being motivational, people that are being inspiring. So it's kind of like, for me anyways, it's kind of all of that stuff. And again, that's, that's my answer. And uh, I would think, you know, Mike and Seth and all, you know, all those guys kind of agree. It's, it's got to be somebody that's like a positive person and kind of doing a little bit of everything. So I, mean, I just threw like 10 things at you, but it's, it's kind of, that's kind of what it is. Anyways, to me, it's somebody that's the whole complete package, if you will. And it does, I know, and, and I've gotten this before and, and you may have, or I know for a fact, I've had this conversation with Mike. It, it's not just like all about sales. So if, yeah. if, you know, somebody could, you know, sell $500, $600 a month in products or something with their code, but they don't do anything else that that's not going to make you like elite. Again, we're make, we're looking for somebody that does a lot of everything that I said, not just uh, like, so sales don't, don't, I'm not going to say they don't matter, but, but <clears throat> that's not, that's not like a huge piece to, to the puzzle. Yeah. So you can have like a whole bunch of sales. It's like, okay, well that's, that's cool. But you could either be buying the product or, but I mean, you got to live the part. Like if, like what I always say, on a lot of my podcasts is um, being part of Axe and Sledge demo crew isn't about the product. I mean, it's, it's a little bit about the supplement, but it's not totally about the supplement. It's a lifestyle being a hardworking motherfucker. Like, I mean, it's, it's a lifestyle. We are out there there to help people, not just the demo crew members or not just Axe and Sledge individuals, but anybody that watches the, watches your videos or sees your posts is like, you should be helping motivate everybody. And I mean, it's on a global scale. Um, I mean, we're, we're all at tough times right now with the quarantine and the COVID-19 um, coronavirus, and we should be sticking out, uh, motivating individuals to better their lives, you know what I mean, as a demo crew, because I mean, it's not, it's about the supplements, but it's not, it's, it's a lifestyle, and we're all living it. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and like all of us have heard Seth talk, you know, Seth uses the expressions for how he's He's looking for good motherfuckers, you know, <laughs> and that's kind of what it is. It's like, we're just we're looking for good people. It's like, and, and going off that even like you could have, so you could be doing some of the things that I just said, even, and you could be a complete asshole that that's not going to get you demo crew. <laughs> also, you know, I mean, so we're looking for good people that rep the brand in a good way um, all around and do all the things like, you know, me and you just, just said, so that, and, you know, it's probably not the answer. Like people that are asking the question or listening to this, they probably want to know specifics. And, and it, it, there's not really, I don't think, specifics. Um, I know we were, we, we were talking, we've talked about kind of trying to put together a criteria. But again, I think it's going to be a list of kind of a lot of the things I just went over. Um, so we're looking for the people that we bumped up already. We're literally people that stood out in all of our minds. Like when we were on a phone call, like I rattled off names, Carly rattled off names, Mike rattled off names. And they were all kind of the same names. Um, so that's when we, we knew like, okay, we're looking at the same people. These are the people that are standing out to me. These are the same people that are standing out to Mike, to Carly, to Seth, to Bob, to Pat, you know, to Shane. So it's like, we see the same name. So, and, and another thing, is as I've told people, like you have 
be busy or not be active um, and consistent. Like, so all those people, as you know, um, and you're active yourself, it's like we see those people posting, we see those people chiming in, we see those people commenting, we yeah. see those people helping. And that, that's what I mean. So those people stick out to you because you see them all the time. They're like, oh shit, this guy's really working or this girl's really working. They're busting their ass, they're helping. And so you stick out like that to us. It's like, I know, I don't remember the name, but I know Carly had a a, a, um, a DM of somebody that was kind of upset they didn't get it right. or something like that. They, they actually voiced their opinion to Carly. Like, and Carly didn't know who he was. And Carly messaged me, and I I never even seen the name before. I, I you know, and I'm not saying anything bad about the person, but it's like, if me or Carly have never even seen your name, like I don't know how how you would be Democrat elite. We don't even know who you are. So it's like you have to be out there enough for some of us to at least see who you are. And that and that comes from being act, you know active an active member of the Democrat. Well, yeah, and I'm, I mean I got. Uh... I think I got two messages that actually like stuck out to me. They're like, Oh, Hey, um, are you upset that you didn't get elite or, I mean, but I'm thinking like, I actually, one of those guys, uh, he messaged me on Facebook and I'm like, I don't know who this is, you know? And I look at it and I, one of them, one of them I knew and or not new personally, but you know, knew just by his posts and stuff, you know? Um, but yeah, the other guy, I'm like, who is this? So I go on the uh, action sledge page and you could search their name and see what the recent posts are, you know? And I look on that and it's like, man, this guy didn't even, this guy's last post was like a month and a half ago. It's like, that's why I don't know who he is. And because I'm on that page all the time, I'm on the demo crew page. And, uh, but those names stick out and that's like every single elite member that you guys promoted. I mean, I'm, I'm not upset about it because I a hundred percent agree with it. Those guys work their asses off on there. And as soon as you put them out there, it's like, I know every single person on here, every, every single eight of them, just because of how, um, I mean, some of them inspired me and, uh, I mean, you notice them, they stuck out. So, I mean, I'm not a hundred, I'm not upset at all. And I don't think anybody should be because I mean, those guys, they deserved it a hundred percent, 110%. So. Yeah, there's, I mean, and we can only, um, you know, it is the first time we did it, the first wave or whatever you want to call it of people that we did it for. I mean, there'll be more down the road, but um, I mean, look how long it's taken us from the beginning of the demo crew to now to just do that. And um, yeah, so yeah, I mean, you know, and, and, and to, to go off that, it's like if people are super upset because of it, it, and now they're in fuck this. So I'm not going to do anything anymore. But it get elite. That goes back to what you were saying. It's like, we're are you really in this for the right reasons then, or not? Or are you just trying to get recognized as that? Or do you like the Action Sledge Company, the All American Roughneck Company? You know, are you really trying to be, you know, part of this? Do you, you know what I mean? So it's like, it, it kind of goes back to like what I was saying. Even when I when I was trying to get the five percent, it's like. Yeah, I, I emailed them like four times. I didn't hear, I didn't even hear a peep from them for four months. You know, what I was doing, it kept my nose down and kept working out, kept being active on Instagram and eventually it paid off. So it's like, you know, after a month I could have already, you know, I could have said, well, fuck this company. They're not going to bring me on or, or something like that. And it's just, I did it because I, I believed in the company and I believed in the products and stuff like that. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta kind of ask yourself, 
if your attitude wavers, you got to kind of ask yourself, well, do you really stand behind the company then and, and what we're doing and, and everything else? So, yeah, like, why are you here? Why are you here? Why do you do this? You got to just, you got to remember why you do it. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, at first, obviously, at yeah. first you're like, oh, cool. I'm an ambassador for somebody, but I mean, it, it grows on you. Just the, just the mentality of being on the page, just seeing what what's being posted. It's like, I mean, it grows on you. It makes you change as a person. Just listening to Seth Frosey, you, you're very inspiring with your social media and you're, you have a pretty big following now. Um, but I mean, it all, when you surround yourself with those people, you become those, like those people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It just, uh, you just got to think back like, hey, why did I do this? Or why do I love doing this? Regardless if you got a lead or not. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, anyways, Dean, if you want to get to the questions, we got yeah. um, we got quite a bit. I think it's going to be good for the demo crew. Give me one second. Okay. All right, so uh, I apologize if no one wants their name out here, but well, this is how we're doing it. <laughs> Can you see me still? Yeah, I do. So if okay, because I don't, I don't. So if you can't see me, you go uh, put your mouse over the picture, and there's these little tabs that shows like little two little lines, and then there's the one. Click on gotcha. the two, and it'll separate. <laughs> yeah, I was gone. So I just want to make sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we'll go off of Steve, right? Start at the top one. Yeah. Okay. So I'd love to hear about the first time you met Seth. I'm sure all of us would. <laughs> uh, not sure if that's been told before. If it has, I missed it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I think the first time I met him was probably at the Arnold. I, I know I have some, some uh, pictures. I, I have some pictures that I don't even know what we were talking about where me and him are like, there's one where we're both like shaking hands, like we were giving a high five, and we're both like lean back and we're both fucking laughing or something. I, I don't even know what we were talking about, but um, there's not really any crazy story. Um, again, I think the first time I met him was just uh, being introduced to him by Jack Barantini and then um, just bullshitting with him for a little bit. And then, like I said, it was kind of just expo after expo, um, <clears throat> just going to find him and then you know, building the relationship and bullshitting with him like, like anybody else. And that's my advice to anybody really in this industry. Um, you know, because a lot, like I'm friends with or talk to a lot of, uh, a lot of people in the industry that are, you know, whatever you want to call them influencers or big names or whatever. And the, and the way I've done that is just doing that, like being in these expos <clears throat> and then going over and just bullshitting with them. Um, and then you, you kind of, you know, begin that relationship um, of like talking to him at the expos, talking to him on Instagram. And then, you know, every expo, I, you know, bullshit with them, take a picture, catch up, you know, whatever. So I've, I've formed relationships and, and friendships with a lot of people in this industry just from doing that. So that's my advice to everybody too. It's like, if you want to meet somebody, just, I mean, go do it. And, uh, introduce yourself and try to, you know, they say first impressions or everything. I mean, just try to talk to that person, him or her, or some, you know, if it's some fitness icon you like, I mean, don't ever be, I mean, you got to remember too, every one of these people are, are the exact same 
as you. Like, you know what I mean? None, you know, none of these people are super special anyway or anything like that. Everybody's just a normal person. It's just that they're, you know, maybe they're more successful in the fitness world or more popular than you or something like that. But it, it doesn't mean they're better than you or anything like that. So th that's it. I mean, that's kind of like how I've formed this relationship with Seth that I've had for five years now or whatever it's been. And that's what's led me to what I'm doing today because of that. I mean, if I didn't, if I didn't meet Seth, I mean, forget meeting him. If, if I didn't form the relationship of going to talk to him and, and meeting him every expo and bullshitting with him for 10 minutes, um, expo after expo after expo, and then, you know, a little bit of bullshitting here and there on, on Instagram, do you think I would be with Axel Sledge right now? Probably not, you know? So it's, um, like, like they contacted me, which is, which is an awesome thing. I mean, that's what you want in this industry. Instead of you trying to hound companies like, Hey, I want to be a rep for you, or I want to be an ambassador for you. These guys came to me and said, Hey, we want to talk to you about working with us. There's no, there's no better feeling than that, that a, than a company coming to you and asking you to come work with them. Um, and then to be sponsored person. And, and as of right now, <clears throat> you know, I'm the only sponsored as well as Krista, you know, to this day, um, Seth has only sponsored two people and it's me and Krista as far as like fully sponsored people. So, um, I mean, that's it kind of, kind of went off on a tangent there, but I mean, that's what I, I just tell people that though. I mean, don't be afraid to go bullshit with people. I mean, like, especially in this industry, relationships are everything. And, um, you know, it's social media, like social, the word social is in the title. So, you know, you just be active and bullshit with people. Yeah. You put the impact on somebody like you put that impact on Seth where he remembered you. I mean, yeah. now we're where you're at now. Best decision you made in your life, right? Yeah, it is, man. I, I, these guys have treated me above and beyond, man. It's crazy. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, Michael, um, I'd like to know what you've noticed is different in the U.S., and EU market for subs training and what influences it more? Nothing much. I, I don't really know. I mean, to, to, as far as like the U S and other countries like that. Um, right. That's what you're saying. Uh, that, I mean, that's kind of what I got out of it when I read it. Yeah. Well, I, well, as far as like training and influences, um, I have no idea, but I know just from conversations I've had with Pat and, and Seth, Death, um, the, and uh, supplement-wise, it's a big difference because um, there's a lot of ingredients that we can use here in the U.S. that you can't use in other countries. And um, and vice versa, you know? It, yeah, so I know some of the stuff in, like, our sleep aid, um, and I don't know what countries they are, but, like, I know we're probably going to have, like, melatonin in our sleep aid. I know there's a country, I don't know if it's, like, Australia. It might be Australia. I don't think we can have uh, melatonin in there even though melatonin, you can buy anywhere. You can go buy it to the drugstore and buy it right off the shelf. Yeah. Shelf here. Um, Agmatine, which is using tons of products. Uh, it's a normal ingredient using tons of products by every company. I think like the UK, and again, I might be wrong with the countries, but like in another country, they don't allow Agmatine. So uh, as far as the differences, I know Pat, who's like the main formulator for us, you know, he has to come up with, that's like the challenge for any formulator, I guess, for, for any company is products that we can use here in the u.s every day if you're going to sell to another market like australia the uk 
or whatever, they have to come up with other ingredients that are probably going to try to mimic the same effects of the ingredient that they don't allow in their country. So, but, but I mean, that's probably the only difference is I know. And, and I don't know, I'm not going to try to answer the question like I know what I'm talking about because I, I just don't know much about a lot of the other countries and, and what goes on. Yeah, and I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure, I mean, just judging by how many bodybuilders we have in like Canada and uh, the UK, you know, um, I mean, I think it's kind of a the same kind of industry as it is in the U.S., you know what I mean? Yeah. So, all right. Next one from Aaron. Uh, I'm a 41-year-old male who was always the small guy growing up. It wasn't until recently that I've had people coming up asking if I was competing this year. Honestly, I never thought it, or I never thought it possible, but would be a dream to step onto that stage. Uh, what are some things you wish you would have learned up front? And then the uh, second part of it is, as far as pushing yourself past your limits and barriers and even staying motivated during this time of crisis. Um, all right. Well, 41, I, I mean, like I just said, I, I mean, I just competed at 44 again. So um, you're definitely not too old. Uh, I mean, I tell everybody that. That's one of the coolest things that's, that's happened to me is being competing that I've done these shows and, and most have been over into my 40s. Um, one of the coolest things that I that I get, especially during prep season, is I get DMs from a lot of guys that are that are our age, right, my age. And uh, there's no better feeling in the world than getting a DM of somebody saying like, hey, man, you've motivated me to take back my health or take back my life or get in shape. But, you know, it doesn't even have to be competing. But it's, it's like one of the greatest things in the world um, to, to get messages like that. And I get a lot of them every time I've competed um, from people I don't even know. And uh, so I tell everyone, man, if you're like Aaron's 41, I mean, you're definitely not too – it only takes, depending on how out of shape you are, like I said, most people can prep for a show and step on stage, let's say, let's say in 20 weeks. So, you know, 16, 18, 20 weeks, even if it's 24 weeks, prep for a show and do it. Um, like I said, 41, I just did it at 44. And there's people, I mean, they have classes that are men's physique over 50 or bodybuilding over 50. So, Age is nothing. Um, it's just you having to set the goal and do it. Um, as far as like things that I wish I would have learned up front, I would say to make sure you hire a coach, which I did, but that's number one. Uh, make sure you get a good coach that knows what they're doing, that has like a proven track record, like somebody that's produced results and, and, and winners. And um, I always tell everybody to just trust the process. Even me, um, there's times in the prep where you second guess some of the stuff your coach might tell you, you know, again, put the trust in the coach. I always say trust the process. Um, and then just diet, diet is king, man. You, you have to, you can never out train a bad diet. You always hear people say that and it's a 100% true. Um, I mean, that, that's really, that's really like food is king too, man. That, that's another thing I think people underestimate. Like, a lot of people, especially nowadays, like people think they can like jump on gear and it's going to change everything. And it's like, I, I think people underestimate the power of food more than anything. I really do. It's like snacking. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
yeah, I underestimated in the wrong way. <laughs> but I mean, that, that's really all I got. I mean, just 40, I mean, I'm saying to you, Aaron, 41, man, go do it. Just make the decision to go do it. All right. So, John Wilson, I had a couple, we covered a couple of these questions in the last podcast, but we had some errors. And, anyways, so uh, what can you say you've taken away from working with people like Seth and Rich? Um, and how do you use that in your daily life? Um, both of them, I like the fact that they did their own thing as far as both of them have their own companies. Um, you know, they, they, again, being with, being underneath another company, you might not be able to do, Seth might not be able to be who he is or what he wants to do. So I admire that, that they both had their own companies, do their own thing. I love the fact that they, out of, in an industry full of so much bullshit, like these guys don't hide behind anything. Both of them kind of say and do what they want. Um, you know, whether, whether people agree with that or not, or, or agree with what they say all the time or not, it, they don't really care. Not they don't care about the people, but I mean, you know I mean? They don't, I like that they just say what, what they are and they're real people um, they, instead of being, so politically correct with everything or afraid of offending anybody. They are, they're rich, obviously he's passed, but I mean, they're, they're just real people. Um, I mean, that's probably the, the thing that I've taken away from them both is just to be as transparent as I can be and uh, just be myself. Uh, um, and we've talked about that. I mean, Seth, we talked about that in Instagram and everything else. And then how do I use that in your daily life? And I, I kind of just answered that. It's like, I, I just, you know, is everybody going to like me? No. Some people hate me, probably. Um, some people like me, probably. Like, But, you know what I mean? It's like the people that actually know me and have talked to me and, and people that I've helped, you know, 100 people in my DMs every day that I answer questions for, like people that have talked to me know what kind of person I am and that. So those are the people that matter to me. Um, you know, somebody that might be, you know, think I'm an asshole or not or whatever. They, they probably never even talked to me or they've, you know, never asked me for help or, or whatever. So they just don't know me. So I'm in the same, the same mindset of like how rich and, and Seth are. It's just like people, some people like you, some people don't. I mean, it is what it is. And I use that. Um, I just try to be my own person and, and uh, be as real as I possibly can and be as transparent as I possibly can. And, and uh, I try to help as many people as I can. So that's the way I kind of apply it to my own daily life. I never, I don't think I'm better than anybody. I don't think I'm bigger than anybody. I don't need bigger muscle. I just bigger, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm the same person as anybody else sending me a DM. I'm an old, middle-aged, old, beat-up soccer dad. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, um, yeah. So does that answer that one, I guess? I think so. And uh, I got to say, Dean, like what one thing that I admire about you is you're so humble with everything that you're doing and everybody, you know what I mean? And uh, you're probably the most, you reach out the most compared to, I mean, everybody else that I know, even, even guys like us that don't have like the huge following like you do. Um, like you're always reaching out and you're always commenting back and you're, you're humble with everybody. You know what I mean? Whether they want to like you or not. So that's yeah. something that I, I took from you is like, I'm trying to mold my way into that. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just, um, I mean, I, I, dude, I, I get so many questions 
every day on Instagram. It's like some of them I know many people wouldn't even respond to or answer uh, <laughs> because of the, the questions that they are. Or, you know, again, sometimes people ask me a question I could they could have just looked up on a website and taken two seconds to answer. But I just try to answer every single person and help people. Um, it, it, you know, I mean, I, I just try to be transparent with people. I think people like real people. Um, and, and like I said, as far as being humble, it's just like, dude, I, I know what I am. And I know, and I'm saying that mean like I'm nothing special. <laughs> so it's like, to me, it's not even being humble. It's just like, dude, I'm just like everybody else watching this or listening to this. I'm just like a dude that likes to eat a shitload of food and snacks. I like to work out. I like social media. Um, I like using supplements and I mean, I've just, I've worked hard, um, to get where I'm at and, and, and I just have fun doing it. And, um, some might've been hard work. Some of it might've been luck. You know, again, some of it is, I think with my building relationships along the way and it's led me to where I am today. So, um, to me, it's not about being humble, just about being a good dude, a normal dude. You know what I mean? I'm just the average Joe that's closer to the inside of fitness than a lot of people, I guess, or whatever. So, but thank you for saying that though. Uh, all right. So next one, the T's are awesome. What was the motivation behind them? And is there more coming? Oh yeah. Well, it's funny. Yeah. I just dropped a new T yesterday. The series. Oh, I know. I saw that. that <laughs> but, uh, the T's, yeah, yeah, I just put an order today. Um, so for all, for all the shirts that have came in since Friday, um, yeah, the the what was the motivation behind them? Um, the, just funny shirts, man. Like, uh, you know, my very first shirt that I did was the Diet Starts Tomorrow shirt. Uh, that stemmed from me and uh, uh, a guy named Savage. Chris Chris is his name, but he's Savage twenty four seven on uh, Instagram. Big huge huge, strong guy. He's a part owner of Tiger Life Energy. And uh, there was a maybe like two years ago, I don't know when it was, when I did the first shirt, you know, we were always eating such bad food, like I do now, pizzas and cakes and ice cream. And and we were <clears throat> we were in the, in the Instagram stories, we were putting hashtag diet starts tomorrow. Everybody knows the whole like diet starts Monday or diet starts tomorrow, you know, saying that everybody says. And so we were doing that so much and doing hashtag diet starts tomorrow. And then other people were doing it them, themselves and tagging me in it. And I just thought, like, I had never done any shirts before or anything. I just thought that'd be a cool shirt. I think people would wear it. And so I did the diet starts tomorrow shirt with the donut on it and it took off like crazy. And uh, that, that has been a great shirt. And, um, and I just went from there. Um, and, and that shirt too, I, and we talked last week about this. It's like, one of my one of my coolest moments was with Jay Cutler wearing it one time, and his uh, just happened to be watching Jay Cutler's story one time. He's in his kitchen wearing my Diet Starts Tomorrow shirt, so having four time Mister Olympia. I mean, everybody loves Jay. He's wearing my shirt. Seth has been, you know, he's worn my shirt a bunch of his stories. Like Jeff Long, like other people, um, you know, that have had it has been pretty cool. And then I did like the Cardi No shirt with the cookie. Um, the Red Eye Crew one, the um, cheat meals every damn day. I did a bunch, you know, just recent, not too long ago, I did the I Love Cheat Meals, That's My Fucking Problem. And I did the Dad Bod. Dad Bod shirt's been huge too. And then uh, everybody knows I like to pound like multiple bowls of cereal. <laughs> yep. 
night. So I did the serial killer shirt and I just dropped that on Friday. And, um, you know, I've probably, there was so just under 50 shirts already in like a day and a half. So, um, yeah, so I mean, that's yeah, they're just fun shirts. I mean, they're like novelty shirts. I don't make hardly any money off them. Um, to me, it was never even about making money. It was about, I thought it was a cool thing that people were wearing a shirt that I'd made. Um, you know, and had came up with the idea, I had it printed up, and then people were just buying the shirt. So to me, it was just cool. Um, you know, and for example, I was at when I was doing the Dive Star Tomorrow shirt, it was the first shirt I ever did. I, was, I remember being in. Houston for the American Fit Expo, and I saw like three people that I didn't even know at the expo wearing my Die Star Tomorrow shirt. So it was cool just being there, like, oh, there's my shirt. Like people are wearing it. So that, that is it. Um, and it's like, yeah, as far as more coming, I just dropped that one two days ago. So yeah, I saw that shirt that you uh, that you put out there. I'm like, that fits them. Yeah, yeah. See, I mean, and that's why I think a lot of people buy them. You know, I have like you know the cheat meals one, the cookie pump shirt. Um, you know, so, so a lot of that, like the cookie stuff I've sent up to Wanderell, who's, you know, the husband, Juan Diesel, everybody knows me, Olympia competitor year after year and Arnold winner and all that. He, you know, he's the husband of Karen, who's my cookie dealer. So, uh, I, I make sure he gets some of my shirts too. So he, and he's been wearing them in some of his stories and stuff with the, the cookie pump one, the cheat meals one and stuff like that. Cause he eats like crazy. So, but yeah, just fun stuff, man. They're, they're just like novelty shirts really. Yeah, but I mean, they fit a lot of our uh, personalities, especially when we like our snacks, especially when you're on like a super strict diet and you have your one cheat day and you just, you know what, I'm going to have a my, my cookies dealer cookie or, or you know. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. All right. So uh, Billy says, same with me, John. Um, I was going to ask about the shirts because I feel like you see them more and more. Dean Prone is an awesome dude, which is part of it of course and because they're all true that's a it's like a nice statement not really a question yeah billy billy's all up. <laughs> uh all right <laughs> if management is yeah sorry if management challenges you to a food eating contest at hq like they did with uh darcel uh what would you pick or would you let them pick Yes, 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 everything. We we were going to do, <laughs> the last time or two we've been up there, um, we were going to try to do an eating challenge. We're, we're going to probably do donuts, um, and we just never did. And then we've talked even about uh, five guys, like uh, cheeseburgers and stuff like that, as far as how many we could eat in a certain time period and all that. So um, without a doubt... And Jason, yeah, see, Jason Christie commented as well. When, when he was up there at the time for the contest, when he won the contest to come up there, we, we had talked about it even with him. So, yeah, every time I'm up there, there's some type of eating stuff going on. But we just never have done it. Um, you know, there's a, there's a real popular bakery called Oakmont Bakery up there, which I still haven't been to. Um, in fact, one of the times, Zach, uh, who's the main sales guy there uh, for – Axe and Sledge, he, he was going to bring a bunch of Oakmont bakery stuff in one time for me, but it was during when I was on prep, so I couldn't even eat it anyway, so I was like, don't bother. <laughs> but uh, one of these days, we'll do some sort of eating contest for sure. Game. All right, so uh, 
for Billy, he has another question. I know you mentioned that, you know, for demo crew elite members that you had a lot of stuff planned, but it got, I mean, obviously we're going through a pandemic right now. So it, but um, a hold on a lot of stuff, but uh, lastly, do you see a demo crew elite workout video coming soon, including yourself, of course, um, maybe the man himself as well. Uh, yes, we, we were, um, so I, I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't know more than likely. Um, we had talked about doing a demo crew meetup, up at corporate um, sometime this summer. I don't know if that's going to be pushed back now because of all this. I talked to Mike um, just last week. We were talking about that. And we don't know if we'll still have a big event. We're going to have one. We just don't know if it's going to be like in July, obviously, like we had planned because obviously everything going on, like you just said. Um, so um, to answer Billy, it's like, I don't know. To be honest, um, but I think we we do plan on getting the demo crew elite up there to corporate, and then if we do, I'm sure we'll do workout in the gym uh, with Seth and everything, and and all the equipment uh, will be back in in the gym now. You know, it's been pretty bare. Uh, they've they've been waiting on all the stuff to come in, which it's there um, now. I talked to Bob actually just yesterday, so it should be all starting to get unloaded tomorrow into the gym, and then uh, so that gym will be. I think they're they're getting 30, 30 more pieces. So that gym's going to be packed full of equipment and stuff will be in heaven. So, yeah, this pandemic's messed everything up. I, I was actually supposed to be up at Axe and Sledge the first week of April uh, for, for the whole week almost to do a bunch of filming and do a bunch of stuff with Seth and do some stuff for uh, some filming for the products for Axe and Sledge and the demo crew and everything. And just obviously that didn't happen either. So everything's kind of been pushed back. So well, I, th I saw that you guys did a uh, uh, like meeting on skype or something it was that's pretty cool yeah we, we're we're um we did that tuesday tuesday night last week so that's one thing we're doing with the demo crew elite members um we're gonna be trying to do um like once a month we're gonna be doing a uh like a skype call with all of them and then with myself and carly and shane and pat and mike were on it as well and just going over um a bunch of stuff with them that you guys will find out about Hmm. All right. Uh, let's see. Next one, uh, Jason. By the way, Jason, you're looking, you're looking sexy. <laughs> yeah, he's getting ripped up. Yeah, he is. Uh, so I have a question. Do you see yourself going into coaching? Actually, I was wondering that too. <laughs> no, probably not. I've been at like over the over the last few years. I've had a lot of people ask me. Um, you know, if I do diets or stuff like that, if I do any coaching, um, a lot of people ask me about prepping them for a show, which I just, I've never done it. So I wouldn't, let's put it this way. I wouldn't hire me. <laughs> like I don't, you know, coaches, I give a lot of respect to good coaches. Um, some of them are really, really good. But, and like, I don't know how they, they do what they do, especially some that aren't local. You do stuff like over the phone, just by pictures and, you know, I, you know, like, well, even like Jack, you know, he's done three shows for me now. And even though he's local, I hardly ever see him. So like, like I was saying, you Saturdays would be checking, you know, I'm, you know, I basically get in my underwear and my wife takes a picture of me in a front pose, a side pose and a rear back pose. And I send him off photos and, you know, he, those guys make changes off pictures like that. And it's to, to so to me, it's like, it's kind of like a science, man. Those guys, some guys are really good at it. 
and I just, I don't have experience doing it. I've never coached anyone. I've never um, done it. So uh, probably not, probably not. More so too, just because I don't have the time to do it. Yeah, uh, let's see. How is it to train with Rich compared to Seth? Um, do they have the same intensity in person? Uh, Training is totally different because with Rich, it was hard to, <laughs> it was hard to train because I worked out with Rich a bunch of times, but when we would go, Oh, um, like I said, we would go to a gym a lot of times after the expo and Rich would just get mobbed um, with people, you know, with a picture after picture after picture. So it was like, we never really went at it like super hard or like a super intense workout. It was more like after the expo, we go, we get a pump on and like go eat. So, you know, I would say, I guess, I guess one time, and I got a bunch of pictures of Rich and me, and Rich was going over form and helping me with like uh, T-bar rows and we were going stuff. That was really cool to get some like one-on-one stuff with him like that. And that was when we, the Europa was here in Orlando and we went to a local gym uh, the night before and there wasn't many people there. So we weren't getting bothered by anybody. Rich wasn't getting bothered. And, uh, but I mean, and with Seth, it's like, I mean, you guys see how Seth trains. Like Seth um, has been awesome because with Seth, it's been, Seth is very intense. We lift hard. Um, and with, with Seth has been great because every single time I've worked out with Seth, um, which has been uh, numerous times now, he's taught me something. Every, every single time. Like he's either taught me a new move or, you know, something I wasn't doing or a different angle or different, you know, whatever, or he's taught me or he's tweaked something I'm doing with my form. So he, that's one thing that's been awesome with Seth. And I've said that before, I've never like came out of a workout with Seth without learning something new. So it's, it's been awesome, but I mean, it was great to train with both, but I mean, I can't really say even working out with Rich probably 10 times, I've never, it was never like me and him or, you know, it was multiple people of us and just kind of hanging out and working out and, and stuff like that. Where for Seth, a lot of times it's just me and him, that whole gym, and we're filming a video together, or even if we're not filming, it's just still me and him and they're working out together. And it's just one-on-one, um, and him pushing me and then him also, like I said, teaching me something. <coughs> He's got, oh, excuse uh, me, Corona. Um, you know, and, and both those guys have so much experience, especially Seth. I mean, Seth's a pro bodybuilder. Rich wasn't, um, not to take anything away from Rich, but I mean, Seth has, has stepped on that stage and, you know, he's IFBB pro and they both have tons of years experience. So, um, always picking Seth's brain as much as I can. And as far as the, if they have the same intensity, they, I mean, they're both super fucking intense people. Um, they're both pretty similar, man. Like they, uh, they're both super intense and I think they're both, they both have a great sense of humor and they both like to fuck with people. Rich used to fuck. I don't think people knew that about Rich. Like Rich used to joke around a lot and fuck with people and kind of talk shit to people. And, and like, you know, he, he was a, he was a fun dude and Seth's the same way. Obviously people see that with Seth now. Um, so, but I think the intensity, they're both pretty intense dudes, man. Yeah, and uh, another part of this, um, I mean, you, you said, oh, yeah. yeah, you covered this one pretty much. Yeah, yes, how did I get started with five? Yeah, we pretty much nailed all that. Yeah. Um, so, Kurt, uh, I've been looking into occlusion training, whether to do it or not. Um, I've 
only done occlusion training on my arms. Um, I know some people have done it like I wrap their legs. I've done it on my arms a few times. I kind of liked it. It's not something I would do often, maybe, you know, once a month, like one arm session a month. Some people don't like it or don't think it's really healthy. Um, I do. I know several people that said it's actually good for you if you're nursing an injury um, as well, because it really, um, once you release those two, it pushes so much blood and nutrients and everything to those areas. So I don't have a lot of experience with them. I won't act like I do. Um, so I, I probably, yeah, I probably, I probably can't answer it to the best that you, you want. I would probably find somebody that has more experience with it. I think I've done, I actually have occlusion bands. I have them, but I've probably literally done it like four times ever. So probably not a lot of help <laughs> from me, but. Yeah, I mean, I've tried it. It's just, uh, I've always been, I have to be comfortable when I'm working out, like with clothing and all that stuff. That's why I like this clothing so much. The action sled just got to be comfortable. And those, just when I'm working out, I don't feel like I'm getting like the full 100% workout I, I need, even though I hear good things about it. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely uncomfortable. I mean, they, they start to hurt after all. When, once you start getting the pump and start filling the muscle, mm -hmm. blood, I mean, it, it, it it actually hurts. Um, so, but like, for example, like I've done, when I've had an elbow injury and I, and when I, when I tie up the arms, you know, you don't, and it, I, I want to say too, you don't have to lift as heavy. That's kind of the point of it because, um, you're using the occlusion bands or whatever. So you don't lift as heavy, obviously, and you're still, the main point of them is to pump as much blood into that area as possible. So that's why, that's why I've heard a lot of people say they're good. You know, if you're kind of nursing the injury to do it, but yeah, I don't, I don't have tons of experience, so I don't want to act like I do. All right, so next question. It was like Danielle. We got you to CrossFit. I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was joking, I think. <laughs> yeah, I was I was <laughs> CrossFit. We don't do CrossFit here. <laughs> uh are the sponsorships more of a process where uh <clears throat> your company reaches out to one another <clears throat> or you were just organically using slash promoting the products and they saw you as an asset and brought you on the way you kind of covered this too yeah it's it, it's really been both that's what i told him that's a really good question um but nobody's really in all these years no one's, no one's really broken down the question like that to me a lot of people say oh how do you get these companies and and that's it i, I kind of answered it to him right there a little bit it's been both um now companies will come to me but before, um, like I've, I've worked with a lot of companies, a lot of companies, um, and, and I've moved on from them. Like I've, I'm, I'm happy to at least say like, I've never been dropped by a company. Um, the companies that I no longer work with, not that I dropped them, I'm not trying to act cool, but I'm saying I've, I've just moved on from them, um, which is cool. I, I've always repped a company well or whatever and respectfully. So I've never been like kicked off of a company or dropped by anybody. But, um, you know, I've worked with several like nut butter companies, protein, you know, peanut butter companies, protein cake companies. I did like a, like a cookie dough company of all that. My very first company, um, obviously a couple different supplement companies, but, um, I've been with an apparel company a long time ago. You know, currently, um, 
currently, you know, I work with Urge Strong, which is a CBD company. The chicken pound, which is awesome. Seth, he uses chicken pound a lot. Um, chicken pound's great. It's like every bodybuilder, whatever you want to call us. I don't really consider myself like a bodybuilder, but I mean, it's every every person like us's dream. Like I haven't, I literally haven't like paid for chicken in like two years on most. Um, it's like our business, biggest expense other than supplements. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I usually pay for shipping. So, you know, you know, I'll get like $150 worth of chicken and I pay like 20 bucks or something. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like um, that, I work with them. And then uh, Sinister Labs I've been with for a couple of years. And then Branch Warren's company, which is Wicked Cuts, which I know Seth's a big fan of that. And he's great friends with Branch. Like, so I've, I've been with, like, if you guys go to my Instagram, look at my bio, I have all those companies there. I've been with every company for probably like two years now, if not more. Um, actually, Access Ledge is probably the least, you know, the least amount of time with the companies I've been with. And, uh, but when I started, and that's what I tell people too, it's like, don't be afraid to reach out to a company. So let, let's just take any company, like say a, a peanut butter company, protein peanut butter company, or something like, first and foremost, everybody, you have to be a user of the product. Don't ever, and we talked about this last week too, it baffles me, like literally baffles me, and people don't get it, that if you don't use a product, whether it's supplements, whether it's protein cakes, peanut butters, um, an energy drink, apparel company, if you don't use the products, and like why would any company want to bring you on? on and like people like it, when I've said that to people, even some of these Facebook groups, people get offended by that. And I, and I, and I'm floored by it because it's like, why would somebody want to bring you on to rep their company when you know nothing about their products? I don't get it. Like, I, and, and people, most people get it, but there are people that don't. And it's like, it, so you want to be, you want to be part of my company, but yet you've never even tried the products, no matter what it is. So my first question is how do you know you even like that? You know what I mean? Like, I understand everybody wants to be a part of something. Obviously, we all do. Um, but it's like, you may not even like like that product, right? You know what I mean? What if, what if you have an energy drink company and you think those energy drinks taste like shit? And you want to rep them just to get some free stuff? Or, you know what I mean? It's just not worth it. So I always tell everybody, first and foremost, buy the product, try the product, make sure you like the product, like the company. And if you do reach out to that company that that's kind of what I did four or five years ago. I would reach out to these companies and say, Hey, well, I would, I would start posting about them. You know what I mean? Like say I had a protein peanut butter company, you know, I would use that while I'm putting it in a shake or I'm putting it on toast or a bagel or whatever, some shit. And I would po make some posts using that. So they see you tag them. And then I would reach out to those companies and say, Hey, I've been using this product for X amount of time. I love it. I was curious, are you guys bringing on any ambassadors? Are you looking for people to help rep your company and stuff like that? And that's how I started getting into companies. Obviously, as time has changed now, you know, then, you know, companies ask me now. But, I mean, it never started like that. I mean, people just didn't start reaching out to me and said, hey, we want to give you free stuff all the time every month. So, so it's, it's to, to answer Dalton's question, it's at the beginning, I was reaching out to them and now most of the companies reach out to me. It's like, you know, I kind of lucked out with, you know, with like, I, I know the owner of uh, Wicked Cuts. I know him who's partners with Branch Warren. And at the time I didn't really know Branch Warren. Um, you know, most people know who he is, a big bodybuilder, and same thing, Arnold and Olympia competitor, all that. 
and he's a big name. And the, but his partner reached out to me and said, "Hey, we're starting Wicked Cuts with French. Uh, we, we'd love to have you come aboard. You want to help run with us?" And I was like, "Oh, hell yeah!" I mean, just because I love jerky and stuff, and I, I like French Warren, I'm a fan of his. So you know, I was like, so it's just it's changed over time. Um, so I mean, I hope that answers the question. But so it's, so it's been both for me. Um, it started out by me reaching out to them and now companies reach out to me for the most part. So, but that's what I tell everybody. Um, that, that's one question I've gotten a lot over the last couple of years is, that, I mean, that's what people want to know. Hey, can you give me some tips on getting with a company, no matter what it is? And I tell them, make sure you like the product, make sure you like the company, make sure you try to find out about the owners, you know, if they're not, you know, that you, you could stand behind them and then reach out to them. The worst thing that can happen if you reach out to a company and ask them, they're just going to say like, no, they're not going to be assholes to you. They're just going to say, you know, no, we're not bringing anybody on right now. Or no, we're not looking for anybody right now. It's like, okay, cool. If you got then you could email them back or DM them back and just say, cool, you have my info. I'd love to come on. If you guys ever bring on anybody, you know, just leave it in their, leave the ball in their court and see what happens. So that's about it. I mean, it's just all communication back and forth with a lot of these companies. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's all the questions I believe we got on Facebook. If I, if we missed any, I apologize guys, but, uh, I have a couple questions. I actually got messaged from uh, a couple devil crew elite members. Um, so Dean or, uh, sorry, Tony Davis, <clears throat> he ended up, or he has a couple questions. Uh, ask him how action sledge is changing his life. Um, well, I mean, every, everything, I mean, in, industry wise has been the best choice I've ever made. Uh, we kind of covered some of it. I mean, it's just, yeah, I mean, just everything these guys have done has been great for me. Um, in fit in, I guess, whatever you want to call it, my stature in the fitness industry being included in this company has been great, you know, getting to spend all this time I can with Seth and do videos and, you know, um, learn from him. And then, you know, the four owners are, are, are unbelievable guys. Um, you know, like I, I've taken a lot from not, I mean, they're all family guys, right? I mean, they all, I mean, besides Bob, you know, they don't have kids yet or whatever, but you know, they all, they're all family guys. They got kids. Um, and they're, they're just good dudes. And like we talk about, they are who they are. They don't try to bullshit anything. They all have good values, morals, ethics. Um, I take that from them just because they're other dads that kick ass, you know, and they're good dudes. They've included me in everything. And then I, I take as much as I can from them on the business side because I see how successful they are and what they do. So like, like what we were saying before, it's like you surround yourself with good people and that starts to shape and help them, you know, mold you as well. So, um, I mean, I guess, I mean, that kind of answered, I mean, just, it's changed me and just, uh, everything that, everything that they've done has changed me for the better. Um, and I take as much, much away from those guys as possible. They've treated me great. And like I said, they're just, I try to learn from them. Um, you know, about everything, even the supplements, like I, I pick Pat's brain sometimes, or somebody might ask me a question that I don't know, or I see it on Facebook and I'm like, you know, the, 
action sledge group or the demo group and I'll shoot Pat a text at 10 o'clock at night. Be like, hey, what about this ingredient? You know, Pat will text me back. And <laughs> so I'm learning, you know, I don't know every ingredient that's in all these things. I don't think anybody does probably. Besides Pat. But uh, so I, I, I learned from them on everything, you know, the supplements. Um, like I said, Seth with a lot of the workout stuff, and just overall, just business-wise. Um, so you were you were telling me before that they, I mean, they're uh, at, like allowing you to be limitless when it comes to social media. They're not saying, "Hey, you have to do less of this," you know. Yeah, yeah. Like we we joke, you know. Cause I, I, I think when we were talking, I said they let me do anything. I said, "Well, I don't want to say anything," but they have, um, like, so so I've. You know, I don't think I'm telling you anything I shouldn't. I don't think, but <laughs> well, let's hope not. But, but, I don't want to get you in trouble. I'll check in with those guys a lot. I'll no, I'll I'll text uh, Seth and Bobby and Mike and Pat. You know, all in the same group text. I'll text them, say, hey, um, like re- kind of like report card time. Report card time. You know, I'll say, hey, man, just want to check in with you guys. Is everything cool that I'm doing? Um, is there anything you guys? don't want me doing meaning like what you see me doing on social media. Um, I'll say, is everything cool or is, you know, that I'm doing, is there anything you guys see me doing that you don't want me to do or maybe a little less of, or, you know, or whatever. Cause I don't, you know, I'm a representative of them. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of an extension of Axe the Sledge. I'm an extension of Mike, Pat, Bob and Seth. And so what I do kind of, you know, falls back on them. So, but every time I've done that over the course of the year, cause I just double check some, you know, I'm an idiot too. I do some dumb shit sometimes on social media. So I just want to make sure it's not too outrageous. And so I, I'll throw those texts out to them sometimes the four of them all at once. And you know, they text back like, no man, just keep doing what you're doing. It's great. You know, whatever. Um, and so they, what you're saying is like what me and you talked about last week. It's like, they let, they let me be who I am, which is an all, awesome thing it's like they never once told me don't do this or we don't want you doing this or we want you doing less of this or don't ever say this not one time has one thing ever came up in over a year now so that's one thing i'm grateful for is you know i mean they just let me be me and let me do my thing and they all seem to be cool with it so but i mean mean, and that's that's who those guys are i mean they going back again, like we said a bunch of times on this call, they, they're just real dudes. Like they know, you know, they I don't think they want me. I don't think they want to turn me into something I'm not though either. They don't want me acting like somebody who I'm not. So they, they're like, yeah, do, do what you do. Yeah. Um, so Tony Davis also said you need to put down the snacks. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to, Yeah. I've, I've been actually really good today uh, uh, on snacks, although I've been drinking tequila quite a bit today. But uh, uh, other than snacks, I've been pretty good. <laughs> I need to start. I need to start putting down the snacks because uh, since the Arnold was canceled, that's what I've been out of control. So I was actually looking pretty good before the Arnold. I was starting to get pretty lean, and then uh, for the last like four weeks, I've been out of control, especially with this quarantine. This hasn't helped. Yeah, I mean, that's for all of us, though. I mean, out of gyms and trying to – when you're sitting at home looking in your pantry and you have all those snacks that you, you know, were away from and now you're stuck staring at them, it's kind of hard to put them down, you know. I have a lot of them, too, man. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't help with all these cookies and stuff, too. 
Yeah, no kidding. Uh, all right. Um, ask him what he sees in the future of companies on on where he goes if there's more opportunities for him. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, there's going to be, well, I'm going to go wherever these guys want me to go, um, and do whatever they want me to do. They know that. And they know I'm down to do like run with them for as long as we go. So, um, there are going to be some stuff there. There's some stuff, more stuff that I'm doing. We were actually supposed to have a meeting like at the Arnold where they all wanted to talk to me about some new stuff and, and get me involved in some different stuff, which we obviously didn't do again because of the Arnold. So when I go up there, I'm going to talk um, with them about doing some more stuff. And I I'm, believe I'm talking with Seth and Bobby about some stuff we're going to do together as well. So I can't go into much detail because, well, quite frankly, I don't know all the details myself. I just know a little hints that, that they've told me. <laughs> so well, no spoiler alerts. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so but but yeah there's going to be some more stuff um i mean to answer his question i plan on growing as much as these guys will let me with the company you know what i mean so um i'm here for the long haul and um i want to keep growing as the company grows and it's growing like crazy so and they know that they know i'm i'm down to do whatever they need me to do um and and i i believe they have quite a bit more stuff they want me involved in so um, I already told them I'm in and Bobby actually in a text when Bobby joked because Bobby said, we're going to talk to you about some stuff. And I go without hearing it, I'm in and Bobby goes, you better be careful for what you're, what you're asking <laughs> or something like that. So, but, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm to answer Tony's question. Definitely. I just plan on growing with them as much as they will allow me. Yeah. Uh, so Next one's from Brooke Sepp. We just got a couple from her. Um, normal workouts slash meals, schedules, and routines. That's that's a – I mean, I know that they'll have our extended <laughs> workout routines. And I'm, I'm assuming they're talking about the non-quarantine days. <laughs> yeah, so so what did she ask? Like what my normal workout schedule like? Is that yeah, what's your normal workout schedule and your meal schedule or your routine? Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so – um, well, I always do one muscle group, you know, a day I've, and I've talked about this. I even put this in the group. Sometimes I've tried to do push pull legs and stuff like that. I've, I've tried to do that routine a push pull legs routine, probably like four times over the last like two or three years. And it lasts like two weeks and I just can't do it. Um, it's just not for me. I know some people love it. And, uh, I always just feel like I'm shortchanging the muscle really bad. Cause I'm used to going in there like hammering back, you know, for like an hour or hammering arms for an hour. So when I go in there and I try to do like a push day and I got a, I'm all doing only a couple sets of this, a couple sets of that. Like I just, I don't, it mentally it messes with me. So I'm a one muscle group a day guy. I, as far as the schedule goes, sometimes it just, it changes. You know, I, a lot of times I like legs, like on Monday, so I might do like legs and chest and then usually like back and shoulders and like arms, like arms always end up sometimes for some reason like on Fridays. And then I usually work out, most of the time I work out six days a week. Um, some days maybe I might just do a day where I do like calves and abs and cardio, which I don't really ever do abs either. So it might just be like calves and cardio one day. Um, but 
uh, and I usually take one day off a week. And like during soccer season, a lot, it's usually Saturday because we'll have like Saturday morning games. So I usually just blow Saturday off and I'll try to go to the gym like on Sunday. But I just start over. So whatever my schedule goes, I'll take that like one day off and I just keep going right after that. Meals, um, I work out fasted every day, which most people know that. I, I go to the gym at 4.30 in the morning. I wake up at 3.45 every morning. This is, again, non-quarantine. Uh, 3.45 in the morning, the alarm goes off. Wake up, piss, whatever, get dressed, brush my teeth, make pre-workout make the grind and I drink my pre-workout on the way to the gym workout when I come home I have meal one basically as soon as I come home I, I start making food and so and that's just it and then meals usually like five meals a day sometimes maybe six but for the most part I only eat like five times a day and I usually they're usually like every two and a half three hours two and a half hours whatever I'm hungry but I'm not you know unless I'm in prep I'm just not that strict with everything um you know, depending on work, there, there might be a time where I go four and a half, five hours before I eat or something. Yeah. I'm starving, but it just depends on what happens. But uh, yeah, so I mean, if I was prepping, obviously shit would be very detailed. But on a regular day, it's just, I try to eat like every two and a half, three hours. Usually I have like one shake a day, um, you know, which I usually count as like a meal. But I usually do like one farm fed shake a day. I usually do two, two scoops every time I have a shake. All right. Uh, so last one. Nope. Baby's not happy. Uh, when are you going to create a dad TikTok account? <laughs> Probably never. I can't keep up with those moves, man. There are too many of them. My daughter's around them all the time. And they'll, yeah. they'll say, let's do this one. And they'll show it to me. And it's like 25 moves. And I'm like, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. But uh, they are pretty funny. You know what's crazy is like I've seen, I'm sure you, all you guys have, during this quarantine time, I've seen so many people, other, you know, on Instagram getting into TikTok now. Hold on, sorry. That were never on TikTok before. They're all posting uh, TikTok videos, which are, which are pretty funny. So, but uh, yeah, tell, tell Brooke, don't, don't hold your breath for my TikTok account. I actually have an account. There's like one video on it. Is that the video that you posted of you dancing or trying to dance? Um, yeah, I think there's two videos. There's one I did a long time ago, and then there's the one uh, that me and my one daughter did. I think that's it. Oh, okay. All right, so uh, that's all the questions that, I mean, I got for you. Um, Dean, I really appreciate you coming on, um, taking your time. I know this podcast was a long one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was looking at the time. I'm like, for a while that's what happens you get me running my mouth man yeah well you're a talker you're a good talker though so um for everybody listening uh this podcast is for everybody that uh wants to better their life if you have a story a motivational story that you think can um help individuals um better themselves and um, improve in their life uh go ahead and give me just give me a personal message we'll try to get you on and get your story out there um and for the demo crew members that are listening, just keep staying motivated. And just, I mean, remember that that's why we're here is uh, change lives, better lives. Um, Dean, do you have anything for the listeners before you head out? Um, no, man, not really. Thank everybody for listening and tuning in. It's been uh, 
probably a longer podcast than people were expecting. It doesn't bother me, but um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, just, I always thank everybody for the support. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I never take anything for granted. Um, like, I have a lot of people that use my codes for every for all the different codes. Um, I greatly, greatly appreciate that always. I never, never take that shit for granted because I know um, – you know, there's other people out there whose codes people can use and stuff like that. And so um, that's another thing. I mean, for real quick, I'll just give a tip. Like we've talked about this when I've been up at Axis Sledge. I mean, Seth have talked a lot about it. But as far as people with codes for any company, this doesn't have to be for Axis Sledge or whatever. But if you're a rep for any company, it's like one of the most successful things I feel and in the code as much like you know salesman car salesman code pusher like um, a lot of people do that and um, I think when you offer value first and offer help first that's when people like to use your code and uh, that's one of the things that's that's I think helped me out a lot is is I, I don't use it and a lot of people people that are listening to this that maybe have used my code will tell you like I get questions all the time. Like I said, every day, tons of questions in my at the ends. And it's like all people that ask me about products, what's the flavor, best flavors, what do I like? And I, I may answer, we may go back and forth 15 times and I'll just say to them, Hey, if you need, if you need a code, let me know. You know, I don't know. I don't ever say like, here's my code, use my code, stuff like that. And, and nine out of 10 times doing it that way, I think people appreciate it more. Um, I just offer, you know what I mean? I offer, I don't even tell them what the code is. I just say, hey, if you need a discount, let me know. You know, people say, hey, yeah, what's your code and, and that. So, so that's my, I just don't try to push the code as hard as, um, there's nothing wrong with pushing your code, but do it in a, in a good way, I guess. But um, that was a complete side tangent, but uh, I just try to offer a help or tip for people. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just appreciate everybody. Appreciate everybody that supports me on Instagram and takes two seconds out of their day to uh, watch my dumbass stories and uh, check out my posts or like my stuff, comment on my stuff. I love the comments, man. I keep them coming. I love engaging with everybody on Instagram. And, again, appreciate everybody. And thank you, guys. And thank you for having me on now. Ain't no problem, brother. Anytime, and hope we can do it again. Um, Dean, you're you're an icon to a lot a lot of people. So, thank you. Keep it going, man. I love it. Oh, <laughs> uh, no problem, man. No problem at all. All right, have a good one, brother. Keep these up too, man. I like I like the video uh, doing these. This is good. Yeah, the first one. You know, I'm gonna tinker with it, and I mean, uh, keep improving. You know, every time I do it. So. Yeah. Good deal. Man. All right, brother. Thanks again. Yeah.